You've planned your wedding and now let the real fun begin creating your registry. The Crate and Barrel Wedding Registry is packed with thousands of items that are made to see you through a lifetime of breakfast in bed and Thanksgiving family dinners. And whether you need an upgrade across the board or come to the table with some items you already love, our registry experts are there for you every step of the way. Plus, now with group gifting, your friends and family can go in together on that dream gift Petri Sofa, anyone? So go for it. Start your Crate and Barrel registry now at crateandbarrel.com slash wedding dash registry. Do you know what it will entice you to clean if your house smells like a beach afterward and it doesn't smell like, you know, cleaning products? Well, enter Clorox. They can transform your space into a tropical getaway by upgrading your cleaning routine with coconut-scented Clorox Sentiva. It smells like coconut, it cleans like Clorox, and it feels like inspiration. With a refreshing scent that will leave your home clean and fresh, elevating any room into an oasis. Now you can express your style and get shiny clean, get Clorox Sentiva at a nearby retail store, also available in grapefruit or lavender scents. This is Ashley Iconetti from the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Hi, everyone. This is Rachel Zoe with the Climbing in Heels podcast. We recently sat down with a few recipients of the Botox Cosmetic Onobotulinum Toxin A and iFund Women Grants at South by Southwest, thanks to Botox Cosmetic. Take a listen to our conversation. It's so good. What advice would you give to upcoming like female entrepreneurs or just already sort of established trying to survive still? I literally joke with my staff and, and we always are saying, oh, you want to be an entrepreneur? You want to be broke all the time and working 24-7? Ooh. Yeah, but look so, at you. Yeah, right? But I'm here. So the advice that I give is and I coined this, and I believe I said it on my TED Talk, that your passion follows you. You cannot follow your passion. So my advice is to let your passion follow you, get out of your own way, and never stop and never settle. This episode was brought to you by Botox Cosmetic. Learn more at BotoxCosmetic.com and talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, call 877 877- Three five one zero three zero zero, and follow the Climbing in Heels podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe where you listen to your podcast. All right, ladies, let's be real. Who here actually enjoys shaving their legs? Yeah, absolutely no one. I know this. Get this, Nair. Yes, Nair, the OG, has leveled up. They've got these new sensational shower creams and body creams that smell absolutely amazing. I know this is not the smell that you're thinking of from the 90s when your mom first pulled this out for you. These smells will light up your bathroom, honestly. They'll make your shower experience better. It smells like a spa, actually. Oh, yeah. And how do you know this? Well, I just, I mean, Nair's in the household. So anytime Nair's used, it smells like a spa. You probably don't even know what it does. It takes hair away. 
<laughs> it works in as little as three minutes. You don't have to bother with nicks, cuts, shaves, and the smooth lasts so much longer than shaving. You're also not going to have to deal with any of those shave bumps or anything like that because the bumps are just as annoying as the nicks, right? Nair's new sensational shower and body creams are free of all the nasty chemicals like phthalates and sulfates. You can feel good about what you're putting on your skin and you could have a little bit of a me time moment with Nair, the number one hair removal brand. Smell for yourself. And as Ben, Ben smelled for himself and he likes it. It's been approved. Try the reformulated Nair body and shower creams available at retailers nationwide and online. Ashley, is it true that some contestants have cashed in their 401k to afford a new wardrobe for The Bachelor? I mean, you do need a lot of ball gowns when you think about it, Ben. Where did you hear this? On Smart Money Happy Hour. It's a podcast where two money experts, Rachel Cruz and George Camel, talk totally unfiltered about life, pop culture, and how to afford it all with 90s nostalgia and reality TV fandom mixed in, of course. Ooh, you do not have to say more to get me into this. To check it out, you can search Smart Money Happy Hour and listen wherever you get your podcasts. This is Ben and Ashley I, Almost Famous, In-Depth. It's a rainy day. We're up in Napa Valley. Ashley and I are together uh, having a glass of wine. This is my first glass of wine in a week. Really? Mm-hmm. You know why? I'm on a diet. I know I am too. So no. I've been trying to be better, but like I've gone three days without it. So, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm drinking a glass of wine. We'll see where this takes me. This could get weird for me today. Um, <laughs> but we're here with one of our favorite people, Amanda Stanton. Amanda Stanton um, was on Ben Higgins's uh, season of The Bachelor. Ben Higgins's. <laughs> um, she's also appeared on Paradise. Uh, had a couple relationships. Uh, that we'll talk about during the podcast. Uh, a lot of lessons learned, a lot of um, amazing accomplishments along the way. But I want to set the mood right now. We're having a glass of wine. We're sitting across from each other at a beautiful table in a beautiful resort with a fire going, and it's raining outside. So if I start snoring, because I'm pretty relaxed. I feel like Ben's like doing yeah. a fireside chat right now. I might put you to sleep. It's, <laughs> it's kind of is a fireside chat. Amanda, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Can I ask her a little like warm up question? I would love for you to. Since we are in Napa and we are drinking wine, what yeah. is your wine of choice? So, well, right now we're drinking Chardonnay. Yeah. So I'm a big white wine person. You are, okay. yeah. But I've been really into like the Sauvignon Blanc lately. Isn't that white? It's white. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> yeah, but I used to be like strictly Chardonnay. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you're like um, you're like a housewife of Orange County, basically. Basically, yeah. <laughs> I'm on my way there. Okay. Yeah. That could really be your yeah. next show. <laughs> I'm sure you could find your way on there. Oh, gosh. Uh, Amanda, I want to start this whole thing. Okay. We're say, talking about, let's let's backtrack. Let's start in the middle. Then we'll backtrack after that. Okay. I, I met you, yeah. obviously, during The Bachelor. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember you from night one because you have this, like, and, and I think Ashley will completely agree with me. You have this beauty about you that, that radiates and stands out. And I remember on night one going, that girl is gorgeous, and she doesn't talk. Yeah. Doesn't talk. Yeah. Didn't say a word. Like, we sat down. Really? I was terrified. When I think of Amanda, I think of her being a talker, actually. She's just mm. quiet, but I think her voice is awesome. Oh, thanks. I Ash. do. No, I always thought that it's you had a voice bad I was rap worried for about. You really were that shy night no, one? Oh, yeah. So I think what a lot of people don't realize is like when I went on the show, I 
was a single mom. I like hadn't even got my nails done in two years. Like, I was with my kids all the time because my family lived uh, across the country. They lived in, well, not across, but in St. Louis. That's right. Yeah. So I was like far away from them and I had my kids full time at the time. So like I just hadn't been social in a really long time. And then I was kind of being thrown into that so my mom's actually the one that nominated me for the show uh-huh. and I, I remember when the car was coming to pick me up to take me there I was like I don't think I can do it like I don't want to go and my mom was like you better get in the car Amanda <sighs> and so I went but I was just like a deer in headlights like I was so nervous just because like I had never been away from my kids I'd uh-huh. never been social I hadn't gone on a date in forever so it was just like a lot for me was I ben, was super overwhelmed was Ben your first date since your husband yeah husband yeah he was it was like my fir- my first date was like our Mexico date on the hot air balloon. That's my first date in like a very long time. Did you know so that, that was time? it for you? It was fun. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. But, um, it was just different for me. Cause like, you know, most of the girls that were going on the show had been like single for a while or they were young and just my life was just very different before then. So I was nervous. You know, I, one of the things that stand out to me about the season of the bachelor is the only time I ever got really mad at the show. Yeah. They made me tuck Amanda's kids in the bed. Uh-huh. And I went to her hometown and I was excited about meeting her family. And I remember setting a ground rule. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to tuck her kids in the bed. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. and I knew that was something that everybody wanted, wanted to have happen. And I felt like at the time it was, I remember the scenario we're sitting in the living room and somebody comes in and they go, okay, it's time for bed. Ben, how about you go tuck the kids in? And I felt Ooh. like I was put on the spot in that moment. And it was the only yeah. time. I punched the window <gasps> in the van on the way home because I was oh, so no. angry because I felt like yeah. I was going to destroy those kids. And no. also yeah. Amanda, you know, was sitting there and I knew that that had to have a big impact because mm. I was that first date. I was those kids first interaction with another man that had been around their mom. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing is, I mean, that day specifically, there were so many other people around and it was just a crazy day for them too. I hadn't seen them in like six weeks. It was the longest I'd ever been away mm-hmm. from them. And then we went to the beach, but it was like, you were there, but there was also producers and tons of other people around. So I don't think it, it, they really like understood the situation, if that makes sense. Yeah. They're a little older now. So now they get it. Like if I would bring a guy around, they'd mm-hmm. be like, who is this? This is your boyfriend. But I mean, Charlie, it's so funny when I like watched that whole episode back, she was literally a baby. Yeah. She was so small. Yeah. So she like, she couldn't even talk. So she didn't know. She but couldn't talk yet? Not no. I mean, no. Yeah. yeah she was a baby. Yeah. Um, ben, did you know going into top four that you thought that it would probably be the week that Amanda was going to go home or were you really just did not know where you stood with her Kayla uh, at the time between the two of them? Quite honestly, I I knew that that was the moment still that, uh, that Lauren and Jojo were standing out. Mm -hmm. Which is why I singled out Kayla. Yeah. And Amanda and and Kayla were there. And I I think if I remember right, my thought process, which it was with Becca as well, right? I, mm-hmm. I thought Becca was incredible, Tilly. Yeah. And still this day, I th- I love Becca. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was almost like, in my mind at the time, it was how long do you want to keep somebody around when you know at the end it's going to be somebody else? Yeah. yeah. And after meeting um, Amanda's kids, I was like, how much do you want to keep a mom away from kids? Yeah. Like, yeah. how long can you continue to do that knowing that, you know, at the end of this, it's going to be two, uh, one of two other people and probably the one person it, but even then, it, you know, I know it gets weird and I I think I feel for any bachelor down to that final four or bachelorette because you do care about them all because you've met their families at this point. And we yeah. had a great, great hometown. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to meet the whole family, the sister, um, 
and like you said, they're two kids, and they were they were babies at the time. But Kinsey still had. I remember you told me on the show like. Kins had this personality that was like radiant and yeah. you were like, you, I remember this, we're yeah. driving the car in Malibu and you said, uh, or no, it was Orange County. Yeah. And you said, Kins is literally my best friend. And I was like, that's funny. Yeah. That's a really cute so mom true. thing to say. And uh-huh. then I met her. No, like actually. Yeah. And I think it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah so tell us so a little funny. bit of, like, who is like, we see it on Instagram. They have yeah. like, this massive personalities. Yeah. But why does she stand out like that? Like, why is she your best friend? Your daughter intimidates me to be honest. No. Yeah. She's, yeah. She, she's like she's something else um so when she was born it was funny because like as soon as we took her home from the hospital like she already had a personality it was the funniest thing like she's always just been like super funny and she's just kins um but shortly after so a lot of people don't know this but when she was about 10 months old I actually split from her dad Mm -hmm. and I moved out and we moved this is before my parents moved to St. Louis we moved back into my parents house so like we just kind of been through a lot and it was just us two and so we just like kind of had this bond like it was just like me and her you know and so we had that for a while and then I ended up getting back together with her dad but then we had Charlie and she was kind of the baby and Kins was always like my helper. She was my little sidekick. Like she's always looked out for me all the time. And I think a lot of people don't understand that relation kind of relationship, but like she's like very protective over me. She's really mature for her age. I don't know. I just, I have a very different relationship with Kins than I do with Charlie. Charlie's like my baby. I'm like obsessed with her. I still baby talk her, but me and Kins are just like best friends. She's like my little sidekick. We've been through a lot together. So can you, yeah, I'm, I'm just intrigued because like for all the moms out there listening, yeah, like they get this. I don't mm-hmm. like, I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 I said it last week. I'm always learning something new. Last week I learned about bra size, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have no clue. but can you explain a little bit like how you believe that works? Like, why is it that Kins has looked at you as a friend and like looked like tried to protect you and had a maturity level level that's far beyond her age? Yeah. She's six or seven. Now. She just turned seven. I mean, I think part of it just like that's who she is like as a person but then I think part of it also, like I said, is because we like went through a lot together, like when she was younger and then she was kind of my helper always with Charlie. And I don't know. I think it's a lot of things, but I also just think it's just kind of her personality. She's just like an old soul and like a kid's body. Mm-hmm. So, so does, does she grill guys that you bring home? Yeah. So it's funny because she's very protective of me and she's... I know a lot of people think that they've met all these guys and it's very far from the truth. That's but my next question. Yeah, but go yeah. Ahead. so I'll explain that. But um, with my last relationship, she was so weird about it. She wouldn't, even like throughout her entire relationship, she wouldn't let us like sit next together on the couch. Like if she was around, she'd have to like be in the middle. Like she's very protective. She like wants me all to herself all the time. But I don't know. I think it also just depends on the person because when I was with Josh after the show, she wasn't like that. So I think it's just kind of, I don't know. Hmm. Just depends. That's super interesting. Yeah. So the yeah, public Bachelor Nation does yeah. have this perception that you've brought a thousand four guys home, home yeah. specifically the ones that have been public relationships: Ben, mm-hmm. Josh, Robbie, and then Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> Robbie and Bobby. But the girls have met yeah. all of them, right? I know that no. they never got close to Robbie. Yeah. Okay. So, so they met Ben, but it was just that one day mm-hmm. while we were filming. Um, and then obviously they were close to Josh cause he moved in with us for a while. But you know, at that time, like I actually thought like, Oh, this is the person I'm going to be with. Like this is the person I'm going to marry. So, you know, that didn't work out. Things don't always go as planned. Um, but then Robbie, Robbie never met the kids. He was never around them. 
never came to our house when they were there. The only time he ever even saw them was like briefly in the car when they were strapped in the back of their car seats for like two seconds, but he, he's never ever met them. So I always thought it was weird. I think he's mentioned it a few times. I was like, you never met my kids. So we could, we could get a little Robbie tangent, but I don't think that'd be helpful for anybody. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But anyways, I I get a little defensive there. (laughs) Um, but yeah, no, he didn't. And then obviously Bobby met them, but I waited a while to introduce Bobby to them too. So, and Bobby was, and he didn't live with us. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't live with you until like the last month of your relationship or something. Last like two weeks. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So we didn't live together. Would there be sleepovers with them, with them around? Not really. Cause they go to their dad's house. So I was always pretty good about like, well, only like you can only sleep over when the kids are with their dad. Mm-hmm. So yeah, not really. That's a, yeah. Let's before we dive in, because I do want to make sure that on this, because the, the relationships that have been on the, the, the show yeah. are public. And mm-hmm. I think there's been so much left to the imagination. Mm-hmm. It really, you know, the questions of how many, how many times, who have these guys met the kids and how much time yeah. they spend around them and mm-hmm. like this stuff doesn't get seen. And I want to dive into that. But before I do that, I, I really want to focus because you launched off uh, on The Bachelor mm-hmm. and, and you were this quiet figure who kind of went through this whole process and it wasn't for a, a long time until I found out that you even had kids. Is there anything else during this time on the show that you wish you would have told me or that was kind of left to the imagination or there's anything you would have done differently um, and, and not to like win my heart over, right? Like that's yeah. not the, that shouldn't be the ultimate goal, and, and, but like just to better express who you are. Yeah. Um, no, actually, I think I even said this on the show was like, I'm like super happy on my own. And I think the biggest misconception about me is I think people think that I'm like constantly searching for like a guy or like a dad for my kids or something. And it's so far from the truth. I actually enjoy being single. Um, I love just doing my own thing with my girls. Um, and I think I kind of even said that on your season. I think I said something like if I meet someone who makes my life better then that's great, but I'm not like desperately looking for somebody. Mm -hmm. And I think that's like the one thing that just like shocks me. People are always like, Oh my God, you're so focused on like finding a guy. And I think obviously, cause I was on a show where it's kind of what you're doing. People assume yeah. that that's all I care about. But I think that's probably the biggest misconception about me just because I actually really like being single. So, and are you enjoying right now being single? Yeah. I'm like loving it right now. So I think a lot it's of people funny. were like concerned about yeah. you <laughs> yeah. at the end because people were like, Oh my gosh, she's been so public with Bobby. And you even made a con- Did you make a comment about how like you saw him being the person you're going to marry before the breakup? <sighs> gosh. So this was like, Probably two weeks or a week and a half before he broke up with me, we did an interview with Us Weekly because my clothing line was about to launch. And so we did this whole interview where they came to our house and they asked questions. And I remember they asked me that question. And like, you know, sometimes when you're doing an interview, they'll ask you a question that you're not like fully comfortable answering, mm-hmm. but you answer it anyways. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even think they would use it because they asked so many. And then they ended up running it. It was me being like, I, I can see him as like my future husband, but it wasn't like, I said that about I Chris souls guys. So don't that. hold it too strong. It was more like, yeah, like I was put on the spot and I was asked. So like, you know, in the article, it looks like I was just like talking about him saying like, Oh, I want to marry him. But really I was like being asked that. And I was like a little yeah. uncomfortable, but mm-hmm. I mean, obviously when we moved in together, I kind of told him like, this is a big deal for me because I have kids and I never wanted to move someone in with the kids if I didn't see that lasting. So, I mean, I did, but I don't know. I just, I think I handled this breakup a lot differently than I have in the past. So to, to give a little bit of perspective, let's, 
can we? I want to do this in a timeline, right? Okay, let's. let's so let's start. start with the Bachelor okay. and let's okay. move through these relationships. And got it. Because I think what we're gonna find, and knowing you the little bit that I do, mm-hmm. this timeline is gonna make more sense to the listener at the end. That you're gonna continue to have grown. I, I believe you know the, the famous quote is that we're products of our mistakes or failures, but we don't have to be prisoners of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's exactly true for you, right? You've yeah. continued to, even though in the public eyes, we've seen. Uh, a couple relationships, a breakup, and then, you know, we're like, oh no, it's happened again. Yeah. And then, then we maybe see the next relationship because that's what you're going to promote. Mm-hmm. But we don't see the in-between and the lessons learned and, and the yeah. things that you've built upon them. So, you know, the bachelor left and as we just at, said, like, what would you have taken away? What did you learn from that? And, and you just mentioned, you know, it, it built the strength and like your character and you started to speak out about your family and you got maybe mm-hmm. a little more confidence. Yeah. And then you went to paradise mm-hmm. and, and Ashley is obviously, I, I lo- always love to hear Ashley's perspective on paradise because she's been there and she found her love there. Mm-hmm. And Ben hasn't experienced it. Yeah. And so it's, it's, fa- it's fascinating. Yeah. It's Somebody fascinating to me because I haven't been there and I don't know what that looks like. Yeah. But you met Josh. Yes. And that was, I think, uh, uh, I was with Lauren at the time. I was still with mm-hmm. Lauren when you met Josh. And I remember the phone call that she got from you saying, hey, I'm with somebody. And we said, who? And you said, Josh. And I said, oh. <laughs> but outside of the public, what, what drew you to him? I mean, he, okay. He has some good qualities. He also and he, is like... I want to let Manda say this, but like from a girl's perspective, when you first get to know Josh, like in your first encounters, he's extremely charming and he's like a magnet. Yes. He's a magnet for women. Yeah. He's a Gaston as I always call him. Yeah. So he's, he's very charming. Um, he's like, he just, like you said, like when I came off of the bachelor, I was like finally being able to like put myself out there more. I was like becoming a little more confident and, um, I still hadn't had a relationship in a long time because, you know, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, Ben doesn't really count. Um, so I think it was also, like you said, he's just so charming. Um, but also just he was like so into me from like day one. And I think that just felt so good to have somebody just be like so infatuated with me. And he was cute. He told me all the right things. Um, he really, I mean, he has a lot of good qualities, you know. So there were things that attracted me to him. What? And I'm going to grill a little bit okay. and you pull back if you're like, okay, yes. this is, was there enough for you? Why say yes to a proposal? I mean, looking back now, I think it's ridiculous in general to get engaged after three weeks of knowing somebody. Um, and I think in the beginning of a relationship, everyone's nice. And especially in, we're in an, we're in an environment where it's not really real life. We're not working. There's really no stress. We're just sitting on a beach all day. I didn't meet his friends. I didn't meet his family. Um, but I just think, you know, it was like that infatuation. Mm-hmm. I think that was the reason why I was yeah. like, yes, like everything that he was saying, was like, oh, well, that's exactly what I want. Like he wanted kids. He loved kids. He couldn't wait to meet my kids. Like everything that he said was just so exactly what I was looking for that I was like, oh my God, this is perfect. In paradise, you can talk like that too. And you never show how you actually mm-hmm. are. So what was what she? Do you mean by that? I don't, I don't understand. That. Um, like you can just like talk about what you like and how you deal with regular life and your morals and your values, but you're not, actually but you're not way. actually oh. like in like an environment in which like they shine or are exposed. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I mean, you can, you can attest to it. Like he, he kind of like, 
He could be cool. Oh, I yeah. I was I'm gonna be I was totally pro the two of them. Yeah. I liked the way they were together. They were like so in love and infa- infatuated and like yeah. the lust was heavy and I couldn't even there was not an ounce of me that really wanted to be like, Amanda, you shouldn't. You Amanda, you shouldn't. Yeah. There's a reason that they never showed me talking to you um about my worries about him or in ITMs worried about you with him. Because I just thought I liked you guys together a lot. Yeah. And he had only shown me kindness. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, yeah. And I haven't been there. It makes sense when you watch Paradise. It's worked for a few. But yeah, you're showing your best side. So every mm-hmm. once in a while, you're going to get really lucky. And you're actually... It, it, I think when somebody is generally authentic from the beginning and you assume that about the person, then it could work afterwards. But when that changes, things go bad. It's interesting, though, because now you're really close with Andy Dorfman. Yeah. yeah. Is that odd? Have you bonded over Josh? Or is that a, 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 is that odd? Uh, okay, so it's funny because the first time we hung out was um, it was a while ago out in New York, probably like almost two years ago. And the first time we hung out, we talked about him a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it's funny because now we hang out and everybody will like, we posted a photo together at Stagecoach and people will be like, oh my God, I bet you like, they talk about Josh and we actually don't anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like maybe the first time that we maybe hung out, we did, but now like <laughs> we, we don't talk about him at all anymore. Yeah. But he's I been think, out of your lives for years. Yeah, exactly. So like we don't really talk about him at all, but yeah, at I, first we did, you know, I, I want to, I want to pause here for a second because okay. I don't want this to feel like we're going to continue to pull back your past through the whole podcast. Like, yeah. I don't want this to be a bachelor. This isn't what yeah. the in depth is. It's not pulling back bachelor stories for the whole thing, but we need to get through this to get to the end, which is where we're going to talk about you and where you're at today yeah. and the lessons learned. Okay. Yeah. But I think these stories will, will help our listeners understand you more. And so yeah. for everybody that's listening, um, Amanda is a lot more than this. And we have a lot to talk about at the end when it comes to some of the cool stuff that she's doing. Um, but for now, let's let's continue to dive into. <laughs> let's get back to the back dirt. To let's get back into paradise. Um, so, so your relationship with Josh ended. Yeah. Is there anything else that you feel like hasn't been communicated when your relationship with Josh that you want the public to know now? Um, I mean, that was the hardest breakup I've ever been through. Like even to this day, because like, I mean, I think you guys probably get it too. Like you've had that one relationship where like you were like so in love and like that spark was there. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's the hardest thing to get over sometimes because I really thought for a while that like, Oh my God, like this is too good to be true. Like he's perfect. Um, and so it was really hard for me because just as we, as he moved in and just, you know, as time went on, I could just tell that things weren't going to end up working, but it was still really hard for me to break up with him because I cared about him Mm -hmm. um so after we broke up we actually went back and forth for a little while yeah like we were still talking and I mean things never really changed I feel like it just got kind of got worse after that because it was like a gray area um but yeah it's still to this day like the hardest breakup I've ever gone through so going off off that um I think that when it comes to breakups when there is like that initial like crazy feeling Mm -hmm. the frenzy I think it's usually the daydreams dying, the daydreams that you had about your life with that person dying. That yeah. is the hardest thing yeah, it's to so move true. on from. It's and then, not them. It's like yeah. the daydreams that you had about your future together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like all the plans that you had. Mm-hmm. And and it's funny too. Like I think I, I recently was broken up with, but in the past I've always been the one to break mm-hmm. up with somebody else. And I just think it's so much harder because I – 
started doubting myself like well should I have tried harder did I really need to do that um and I think that was kind of the hardest part was just like wondering if I made the right decision or not um but yeah I know I've been talking a lot about Jared and my upcoming wedding, but the thing that you may not know, that is my ultimate way of relaxing when I'm feeling overwhelmed with work and wedding planning, which is basically a second job. I take a long, hot bath or shower, and then when I get out, I put my feet on the coziest bath mat ever that I got from our crate and barrel registry. Then I wrap myself in a Turkish robe. They are the fluffiest thing and then I plop on the couch and I've got my lotions that I got from Crate and Barrel in all these nice little containers. It makes it look like a little bed and breakfast in our place. And you probably wouldn't even think to go to Crate and Barrel for candles and lotions and all that, but they have all your bathroom needs. They basically can turn your everyday bathroom into just the cutest little luxurious spot in your home. We signed up for a bunch of these bathroom supplies through our crate and barrel registry. They're timeless pieces. They're well made. You're never gonna like look at them in a couple years and be like, oh, you know what? That's out of style or that doesn't look so good anymore. It's always gonna look crisp, clean, and high quality. So if you're engaged out there or looking to start a registry, I highly suggest going and starting one with Crate and Barrel, just go to crateandbarrel.com slash wedding dash registry. Again, you're engaged out there. Be like Jared and me and sign up for a Crate and Barrel registry. It's got everything you're going to need for your home together as a couple, your adult home, your own little paradise. Um, it's crateandbarrel.com slash wedding dash registry. What keeps baby skin healthy? a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. That's why Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection to help keep your baby's skin dry and healthy. We have been a Pampers family since the start with Dawson. It takes you a few months of experimentation to figure out what really works, and for us, Pampers really works. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic, and they're free of parabens and latex. All that, so important. Try Swaddlers with the new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin, for trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Ashley, is it true that some contestants have cashed in their 401k to afford a new wardrobe for The Bachelor? I mean, you do need a lot of ball gowns when you think about it. Where did you hear that rumor, Ben? Oh, Smart Money Happy Hour. It's a podcast where two money experts, Rachel Cruz and George Camel, talk totally unfiltered about life, pop culture, and how to afford it all. With 90s nostalgia and reality TV fandom mixed in, of course. So like how to budget for a hot date in Malta like Joey went on? <laughs> yeah. Or how to baby step your way to being a millionaire before you're 35. Oh, okay. I'm looking at this episode on how much people spend on dating apps. So one guy is spending $499 a month. He should really apply for the bachelorette. <laughs> 
<laughs> or this one episode, which is what our Amazon purchase history says about us. Why don't you just go and tap that subscribe button, Ashley? Um, say less. This is really, really interesting. So to check it out, you can search Smart Money Happy Hour and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Smart Money Happy Hour and hit that subscribe button, which I just did. Your wallet and your next road trip will thank you. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you feel like you just need to get something off your chest, whether it's work, family, relationships, we all carry around different stressors all day, big and small. When we bottle up those stressors, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's been weighing you down. Therapy's always been a benefit in my life. It's something that uh, my wife and I do as a couple. It's also something I do personally. If nothing else, it's a great place to just release whatever is going on internally. It's a place where you can feel less alone. Therapy allows you to be the best version of yourself, which obviously life is short. And so the more we can be the better versions of ourselves, the better this whole thing is for us and the people around us. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash almost today to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash almost. You wake up with a scratchy throat, congestion, runny nose, and cough. You know your body. You know you're getting sick. Your choices are tough it out, get sick, take some time out from work, Hope the doctor can see you this month or wait two hours at urgent care. Then you can sit in a room full of sick people or you can open your medical emergency kit, match your symptoms to the doctor's recommendation prescription. It comes with doctor prescribed meds to treat over 39 medical issues. It has strong antibiotics for infections of all types, plus a doctor's easy guide. So you'll know exactly what to take and when no waiting to see the doctor, no waiting at the pharmacy it's all in here. Every home should have at least one medical emergency kit. Order yours online in minutes. Your kit will be rushed to your door and you get 15% off at twc.health/famous. You can use the promo code famous. That's promo code famous at twc.health/famous. MTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
you're uh, you poured yourself into this relationship, with Josh. Yeah. And there was a lot of, um, I think, write ups on just what had happened at the end and kind of the ugliness of it. Mm-hmm. And we don't have to dig into that as much of how did you know and, and how did you communicate it was over? I think we've gotten a lot of emails in the past about breakups yeah, and about that back and forth can we be friends with exes and yeah. how does that operate? But with Josh, it did linger mm-hmm. and you've been open up to share that. How did you know when it was done? Um, so to be completely honest, so we broke up back in, I can't remember when it was, and we were just going back and forth, just, but it was, like, private, and I think, like, we didn't, weren't very public about it, I think we, like, got caught one time, like, out at dinner or something, but, like, I hadn't even told my family that I was hanging out with him, um, but I think it just wasn't going anywhere, like, after months and months, and we were, like, we were fighting more when we were trying to work on things than we were when we were together, just because it was in that, like, gray area where there's, like, you don't really know the boundaries, um, and I just think it got to a point where we were both just kind of like exhausted. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Did your breakup with Josh spur on the idea of writing a book? Is Josh like the the, the main reason that you wrote this book? And is he the result of now two yeah. bachelorette books? <laughs> I was I, I was telling my mom actually was talking about it. I was like, he's like the reverse Taylor Swift. <laughs> you write books about him yeah. <laughs> because it was not fun, yeah. not because it was whimsical. <laughs> Um, yeah, but honestly, like I had always wanted to write a book and a lot of the reason I wanted to write a book was more about like being a single mom and all that kind of stuff. But he definitely, uh, that relationship motivated me a little bit more. And what's it called? It's called Now Accepting Roses. And it comes out in September. September, yeah. So it's weird because I've been writing it for so long. Like it was a really long process, but I'm really excited for it to come out finally. We, uh, I was able to be a part of the process and later on, I can't, I can't wait to talk to you about it. Yeah. Um, and read it. You know, you've, you've obviously, I think you writing a book makes sense because then following Josh, you you started dating Robbie Hayes. Well, kind of. Dating. Dating. Yeah. Yeah. When you say kind of, what do you mean by kind of? I mean, okay. Anyone who watched Bachelor in Paradise could tell that I wasn't like that it wasn't Josh him. status. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think he just became my friend throughout it. Like everybody was coupled up. Everyone had their people. And like he was like my person. Like he was the person I hung out with the most. And it wasn't really that I really liked him. It was more just like he was my friend. Like he was my best friend there. So after I broke up with him on the show and I got home, like he was the one that I wanted to like call and talk to you about everything. And mm-hmm. he like hated me. So I was like, well, let's meet up. Let's hang out. We ended up hanging out. A few times after what the show, he hated, he hated you. <laughs> he did. He hated me the on the show. Time no, no. After after I broke up with him on the show, he like oh. hated me, and then I felt terrible because I oh, was like, because you broke up with him on the show, but you yes. still intended to hang out when you got back to LA. You just couldn't like continue the show as like a committed couple. Yeah, but I think he was under the impression we were like going to leave the show together as a couple. So I think he was kind of surprised, and he hated me after like after that for like for like a couple days, not like a long oh. period of time. You know, he was just like upset. So there's this phenomenon with Bachelor in Paradise where it is strongly encouraged for you to get engaged or, you know, leave alone. Because this show is about the show, The Bachelor, The Bachelorette and Paradise is more about finding like lifelong relationships, not just somebody that you're going to like date for a while. And like maybe you'll see for a couple months or you're going to continue to like test out the waters yeah so that's what you had with Robbie it's what I had once and I think it's kind of confusing to the audience because they're like oh why are they still talking it's like Mm -hmm. well because we probably figured that we weren't going to get married yeah but we still wanted to see each other a little bit yeah and I mean I I, 
just to bring up a, a couple that makes like there's breakups last year on the show that then they do they become friends and they get back together mm-hmm. which happened to you and Robbie right yeah I mean yeah. You, you guys continue to talk mm-hmm. where did like where did that lead like walk us through how the, how that relationship ended up moving forward and where did it where did that end so I mean before before I was going on paradise I already had this like idea of Robbie where I was just never thought in a million years that I would ever go for him um but then throughout the show I mean he was really sweet to me on the show and like I said we became friends like he was my best friend while filming that season um but I just knew it wasn't going anywhere like I you saw me in paradise season one like it just wasn't Mm -hmm. it wasn't the same Mm -hmm. I just didn't really have like strong feelings for him so that's why we ended it but then when we got home it was like I still wanted to talk I still wanted to hang out and so we did a little bit um but after that it was kind of like a different Robbie like the Robbie that I heard about or the Robbie that I like thought that I would never go for is kind of who he was when we got home um and it just it it was like you know like I said I was the one that was saying like I you could tell if you watched the story I wasn't really that into him but at the end of the day it was kind of like a respect thing like we don't have to date but like at least Mm -hmm be respectful mm-hmm. um and I'm sure you guys know about everything that happened after that the whole concert it's all that bringing stuff. Rem, you know memories back to me I yeah. can't remember specifically what, what I, yeah. oh yeah. the concert the concert oh, the yeah the red rocks yeah okay. <laughs> and, and then, so it was just like a respect thing you know yeah and so then like those things come out and also emails right? yeah I mean he just really yeah um I don't know why he was so like angry at me um but yeah I was actually not going to bring up the whole concert thing at the what show is it after paradise or some kind of talk show like that and um the twins brought it up Mm -hmm. which I mean I think it was fine um but I know he was really upset about that being brought up but I don't know I always say like I feel like this happened not just in my situation but other situations where something gets brought up on the show and guys get so upset but like they're the ones that did it. You know what I mean? So it's like, I'm sorry that it got brought up. Do you feel like Robbie had stronger feelings for you than you had for him? Or do you think this was all a response for maybe not ending up a bachelor couple? Uh, I think I think he definitely... I mean, this is my... This is just how I feel. I don't know how he felt, but I think he probably had ulterior motives. I think he cared about being a bachelor couple. I think he really wanted that. I think he really cared about like the Instagram fame and all that kind of stuff. So and how quickly it's fleeting. Yes. Right. I yeah. When was the last time you heard about him? <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, right. I mean, but, it, and I mean that, yeah. but I also want to say that it's a good point for anybody out there is yeah. like fame is fleeting. Mm-hmm. It is not something worthy to chase after relevancy no. is not a pursuit worth having. And so, as a result, like if your pursuit is that, you're going to spend years of your life chasing emptiness. Mm-hmm. And where do you have the turn? You you narrowly missed him this year at Stagecoach. I I heard that. So yeah, I mean I I don't hate like now I could care less. You know what I mean? Like well, I don't, that's surprising to me. He said yeah. some really mean things publicly. I know. I think I'm just too forgiving of a person. Just in general. Or, is, or are you? Too yeah, I know it is. I'm afraid too of con- conflict. You just want to avoid conflict. I think I just want to, I think it's a mix of both. Yeah, okay. I like, you know how they say like forgive, but don't forget. I feel like I forgive and forget too much. But yeah, I mean, no, I mean, I would never be friends with Robbie mm-hmm. again, but I don't hate him. Mm-hmm. Like if I saw him, I would say hi. I wouldn't try to linger around by any means. But, but you would say hi. 
I would probably say hey. Yeah. yeah. How was it to see I him guess. walk on the paradise sand a year later at the end Did of he, that season? Oh, I, I didn't even know that he went on. That's how much I don't keep track. Actually, he went on. You would know. Did he go on? I, oh, I remember yeah, now. Yeah. Okay, I was he like, did. am I making yes. things up? No, no, no. I gotta oh go fact God. check okay, myself now. Did. Oh my gosh, yeah. Well, it apparently it didn't like, phase you. Yeah, it did not phase me, so I totally forgot he even did that. That's right. That's surprising. Wow. Um, we're, we're getting close. Okay. We we have we're one more there. to talk about. All right. Um, let's pause uh, okay. for a second to fill up our glasses of wine, yes. and we'll get back in a second. Okay. What keeps baby skin healthy? A diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. That's why Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection to help keep your baby's skin dry and healthy. We have been a Pampers family since the start with Dawson. It takes you a few months of experimentation to figure out what really works, and for us, Pampers really works. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic, and they're free of parabens and latex. All that, so important. Try Swaddlers with the new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin, for trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Ashley, is it true that some contestants have cashed in their 401k to afford a new wardrobe for The Bachelor? I mean, you do need a lot of ball gowns when you think about it. Where did you hear that rumor, Ben? Oh, Smart Money Happy Hour. It's a podcast where two money experts, Rachel Cruz and George Camel, talk totally unfiltered about life, pop culture, and how to afford it all. With 90s nostalgia and reality TV fandom mixed in, of course. So, like, how to budget for a hot date in Malta like Joey went on? <laughs> yeah. Or how to baby step your way to being a millionaire before you're 35. Oh, okay, I'm looking at this episode on how much people spend on dating apps. So one guy is spending $499 a month. He should really apply for The Bachelorette. <laughs> <laughs> or this one episode, which is what our Amazon purchase history says about us. Why don't you just go and tap that subscribe button, Ashley? Um, say less. This is really, really interesting. So to check it out, you can search Smart Money Happy Hour and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Smart Money Happy Hour and hit that subscribe button, which I just did. Your wallet and your next road trip will thank you. MTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You wake up with a scratchy throat, congestion, runny nose, and cough. 
You know your body. You know you're getting sick. Your choices are tough it out, get sick, take some time out from work, hope the doctor can see you this month, or wait two hours at urgent care, and you can sit in a room full of sick people, or you can open your medical emergency kit, match your symptoms to the doctor's recommendation prescription. It comes with doctor-prescribed meds to treat over 39 medical issues. It has strong antibiotics for infections of all types. Plus, a doctor's easy guide so you'll know exactly what to take and when. No waiting to see the doctor. No waiting at the pharmacy. It's all in here. Every home should have at least one medical emergency kit. Order yours online in minutes. Your kit will be rushed to your door and you get 15% off at twc.health famous. You can use the promo code FAMOUS. That's promo code FAMOUS at twc.health slash famous. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where... A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we filled up with wine glasses. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to start the second part of the podcast with a story about me. Uh, because I like stories about me. <laughs> uh, but it also has to do with Amanda. Okay. So, Amanda, I have a story that uh, I think you'll be really surprised about. Okay. And it's one that if I would have told you two years ago, I wouldn't have been able to do it. Maybe a year and a half ago, I still would have been able to do it. Today, I can't. So, you know, Lauren and I broke up. Mm-hmm. Did you know that? I didn't know. Um, okay, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Now let's come up. Okay, wait. You tell the story. Then I'll ask the question. So, um, we broke up. And I was in Chicago at the time of the breakup. Mm-hmm. I was on the road. And, and no matter what, things weren't good. But I was on the road working. We weren't like split. And she called and things happened. And so, I went from Chicago to New York City. And I flew to New York City for another business trip. So, this was on a... I went to Chicago on a Monday, New York on a Wednesday... I was there Wednesday through Friday and I landed with my boss who uh, is one of my best friends and he, at the time I just, when I landed, I told him, Hey, Lauren and I have split and I was a mess. I, I was and, and mm. understandably so I think like I was just a mess and he's like, all right, well this is what we're going to do. We're going to go through our meeting and then I'm going to take you out to the best dinner. Is this the fart story? No. Oh. <laughs> uh, I'm going to take you out to the best dinner. And then um, we're just going to drink a bottle of wine and we're going to talk and you can do whatever you want. I was like, perfect. Sounds great. He's like, but in order to do that, we go to get clothes. He's like, let's go to Zara. And Laura and I just did an event in Zara not long before that. And uh, this is this is God's honest truth what happened. And he's like, let's go to Zara because it's on Fifth, Fifth Ave or whatever. And we're right here and our hotel was right there. And so we did. And I walked in, and I don't know if you guys ever feel this way or if anybody out there ever feels this way, but I started to get sweaty. Mm-hmm. 
and like anxious and I, and I started to feel like, and, and the last thing you want to do after a breakup is see your ex, mm-hmm. right? Like it's the last thing you want to do. Yeah. And I was like, I feel like Lauren's here. And he's like, well, maybe because you just did an event here and he knew that. And I was like, yeah, that's probably it. But like, I have memories with her like recently right here. Like, I feel like she's here. And he's like, this is, this is weird. You're being crazy. Like you are really are messed up. Like you got to get calmed down. So I was like, you're right. We bought our clothes and I'll try to tell the story. It's a, I I don't want to undervalue the story. It's a weird story. Yeah. So we bought the clothes that we wanted for the night went back to the hotel, showered up, changed. And my buddies that live in New York, my college roommates called and they're like, Hey, uh, what are you up to? And I told them we're going to dinner with my buddy, but I have an hour and a half. Um, I'll meet you at a bar and let's have some drinks. Mm-hmm. And I asked invited my buddy with me and they were at a bar just like six streets over. And so we walked and I started feeling that way again. And I was like, man, I'm jacked up. Like, I can't do this. Like, I'm more messed up than I even thought I was. I'm like yeah. feeling that Lauren's watching me. Like, I'm feeling that she's close. I'm sweating. Like, he, he, uh, he literally looked at me. He's like, you're going crazy. Like, you're having panic attacks. I was yeah. like, and like, there's no good reason why. And I was like, I know. Yeah. And so we get to the street corner where the bar is. And we see the sign. I remember he and I both looked up and we saw the sign. And he goes, stop. We look down and you and Lauren are standing on the street corner across from us in New York City. Not more than 10 foot from us. And I ran. Isn't that crazy? I remember this story once you started telling it. Yeah. What? I ran. And I ran. I ran. We we didn't see you, obviously. I don't think you did. I wanted to ask you if you did. Yeah, no. I didn't see you. I was literally literally from you, like 10 foot away from you guys standing there looking at you. And, And I'm not kidding you. After, on three different occasions that in those hours feeling like, I, I and I and it could still be f- just weird because of the fact that like it was fresh and it yeah. was new and I just didn't the last thing I wanted to do is run into her mm-hmm. and, you know but literally that came true That's and so you guys crazy. are standing across the street from us I don't know if you remember Six that cents. trip what? Yeah, it had I, to be it was the week yeah. we broke up yeah yeah I remember yeah wait so yeah we, we definitely didn't see was this like at night or during the day it was during the day oh my god yeah That's so, so crazy. crazy you met up with me and Jared afterward yeah yeah, did uh, you, yeah, I did. Yep, did you I, know we were in New York? I had no clue. Oh my gosh! I thought so I thought she crazy. was in Denver because when she yeah. called, she was in Denver. Yeah. Um, at the house, and she was going to start packing up her stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and then later that day, she was in New York. And then no, two days two later, later, she okay. was in New York because I was so in Chicago weird. and I flew to New York, and she yeah. she was there. And so I literally saw you two standing across the street, which was my worst nightmare. Yeah. And still to this day, well, still to this day, it shocks me. And it's just a weird thing to think about. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that leads into this question. Yeah. So you guys are like super cool. And like, he always talks you up on the podcast. Mm -hmm. He's always like, Amanda, really cool chick, really cool chick. Right. But you are his ex's best friend from the show. Yeah. You know, we all have our real life best friends, but you guys are the closest from the show. Mm -hmm. So like... Is, was there ever like some weird hurdle where you guys were like, okay, well, because of this weird community we live in, we're going to have to be cordial and cool or what you just, you got, you were never affected like by the, he said, she said thing. Wait, with, with Ben? Yeah. With Ben and Lauren. Oh, with, okay. I get it. I get what you're saying. Um, no, I mean like I, I've always thought Ben was like the sweetest guy. Like I literally tell everybody that whenever people always ask me like, is Ben really as nice as he is on the show? I'm like, no, you guys, like he really is the nicest guy. Um, and I mean, I think even Lauren knew like Ben is such a nice guy, like mm-hmm. just because it didn't work out between them doesn't mean that he's not a good person. Um, so I think, I mean, I, sh- honestly, I feel like it was a pretty cordial breakup. I mean, I'm sure it sucked for both of you, but 
it never really put me in a spot where I had to like hate Ben or Mm -hmm. choose sides. Mm -hmm. Like it was pretty, it was a pretty like mature breakup, right? For the most part. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I think it, yeah, I think as mature as you can make it, right? Yeah. I mean, it always sucks. It's always hard, but I would say, and I think we've, I don't know if we've ever talked about on the podcast or not. And if so, everybody out there listening, I apologize. You're going to hear it again. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> there is an element, and I don't know if it exists in the Bachelor world, because there hasn't been a lot of breakups uh, outside of like Caitlin and Sean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, with couples that have made it from the show. I did feel, not from you, from others, uh, isolated and like like the army was out against me and I couldn't understand why, right? Yeah. I remember when she started dating Devin and there was comments that were like, I've never seen you happier. Yeah. I'm so excited for you. This heart makes my heart happy, which are nice comments taken at a surface level. But I remember yeah. them and, I, and I, 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 this was the hardest part for me about the breakup because the breakup definitely should have happened. Mm-hmm. But it was, I felt like all of a sudden, people that I thought were friends was mine as well. I, I knew they weren't, or they weren't, I knew they weren't as close to me as they were with Lauren. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was an outsider. Yeah. And that really sucked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's hard. Do you, yeah. do you, let's, let's try to break that down though. Do you know why? Like, why does that have to happen in, in relationships in general? We just talked about it with you and I. Mm-hmm. And we've also talked about it before with some of your breakups. Like, why does yeah. that a, a byproduct? I think... I think like whenever someone or whenever anyone goes through a breakup, I think people feel like it has to be like somebody's fault or like this person was in the wrong where like sometimes like nobody's in the wrong. Like it just is what it is. But I just think that everybody, whether it's just people on Instagram or friends of the person that you're with, like people always just think they have to blame somebody um, or like someone has to be the bad guy. And I think that's kind of where it comes from. And I also think breakups are hard and whether or not, someone moves on faster than the other person. I mean, I'm sure it was like hard for both of you. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I never left a mean comment. Did I, did I ever I don't think it? so. Oh, okay. I think people from the show definitely did though. Okay. I know that. And, and it does, it confuses you because you, you're like, is that targeted like, wait, at me? Is yeah. that underlying Or what your, my assumption goes to, and I think it caused a lot of resentment. And, and I think this is a good lesson to learn for anybody out there. What it did was it made my mind go to Lauren is, talking negative about me or there is some mm-hmm. uh, like something uncommunicated that's been harboring in her heart that she's angry at and she's telling her friends which is a result her friends are standing up for her and with her and I was going my question was what did I do wrong mm-hmm. where did we miss the mark and what am I missing because you don't have answers right I'm not going to yeah. call Lauren six months later when she has a boyfriend and go Wait, yeah. Why? Why are your friends saying you're so happy now? Yeah. Like, that's you're yeah. not going to get those answers. Yeah. But it's how ha- I feel like it's not just uh, an isolated case, right? That's not unfamiliar to people out there that've gone through breakups and no. social media comes out against them. Yeah. But you, you, why you have insight now on the both sides? You know that happened. You know those feelings were mm-hmm. were felt by me, and then say multiple people outside of that that have gone through breakups. Why is that the byproduct? Why why are friends standing up saying, I'm so happy for you? They know that hurts that other person. And they know the ex is going to see it. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there's, I mean, like you said, I just really think there's there's not really like an explanation for or a reason for it. I think it's kind of just like almost, it's sad to say, like there shouldn't be resentment there, especially if there was really no reason why you guys broke up. No one did anything wrong. But I just think naturally we just, 
resort to like feeling bitter in mm. some kind of way about something because nothing's ever going to go fully your way in a breakup. Like the other person can be like super respectful to you, but you're just not going to agree with like every single thing that that person's doing. And I just feel like it's really easy to get bitter about things, if that that's makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. We resort to like bitterness and yeah. yeah. And it, we lose like rationale sometimes and mm-hmm. logic. Mm-hmm. Breakups are really hard. They're so hard. And that leads us into this last one mm-hmm. for you um, with Bobby. Yeah. It's it's the one, I mean, Ashley and I are both like, we were shocked. Yeah. I actually, you know how I found out about this? How? At Indiana University, I was doing um, a thing for a, a, a guy that used to own a restaurant in my hometown that I really liked. He opened up one in Bloomington. I was down there visiting it for dinner. Somebody came up and goes, how sad are you about Amanda and Bobby? I was like, I don't know about it. Mm-hmm. I, because I think it caught us all off guard. Yeah. I mean, I was pretty caught off guard, to be honest. How was Bobby the take? How do you take being sort of a, a, an Instagram celebrity without ever having kind of like a voice? Because like all of us referred to like, oh, Amanda and Bobby, Amanda and Bobby. But like, I never met Bobby. Yeah. And I just had like an image of what Bobby must be like. Yeah. <laughs> did, did, did he like that attention? Yeah. I think he did. He did. And I think... I mean, I'll go, I'll like start from the beginning with yeah. that is just like, okay, so when I met Bobby, we, we just met online. We started talking, we were talking for a few months before we ever met in person. Um, and in the past I've always dated guys, not always, but since, since my divorce, I've dated guys that were in the spotlight from the show, like guys that loved attention. Um, I mean, Josh was like very outgoing, friendly center of attention kind of guy, like lots of energy. Um, Kins and Char's dad's like that also, like very energetic, outgoing. You always said that they were similar. Yeah. Like I've always dated guys that love being the center of attention and I've always kind of been like the one that wasn't quite as much like the quieter one. And when I met Bobby, he was super quiet. He's shy. Um, he was just so different. Like he doesn't drink. He doesn't go out. Like he's just very different than any other guy I've dated and I think at the time I thought like oh this is good for me like this is what I need I need someone that's like more mellow and is a homebody and you know is quiet and all that so I think I thought it was really good for me and something that I needed like as a mom um so that's kind of like what attracted me to him in the first place but our relationship wasn't as easy in the beginning as some of other relationships that I've had like you saw like the spark I had with Josh like it wasn't really like that with Bobby mm-hmm. it was more like to be honest, it was almost more like a friendship throughout our relationship. Uh And I think I was cool with that sometimes because I felt like we're best friends. Like we stay home all the time with the kids. Like it's great. But I do feel like I wasn't fully being myself throughout our entire relationship. Like I feel like I wasn't allowed to really be myself. And I don't think I realized that our entire relationship until after we broke up. You know how that happens sometimes. You kind of have your blinders on. And I told you guys with Josh or in the past when I've broken up with people, I always thought like, did I try hard enough? So I really tried this time. And mm-hmm. I think I was forcing it mm-hmm. too yeah, much because it. I think in the past I felt like I didn't try hard enough. And this time I think I tried too hard to where like, I just think we weren't right for each other. Because you you felt like it was the right thing. You were trying hard because the image of him being clean cut and mm-hmm. tall, dark and handsome, and then not a drinker and yeah. loving the kids was like what in your mind it was ideal. Yes. Good on paper. Good, good on, on paper. paper. And I think I was forcing it. But I, like I said, I don't really think our entire relationship I was like fully myself. 
like even my sister said, and this this is not a jab at him in any way. I mean, it's a jab at me. Like my sister said, she's after we broke up. My sister and I went to New York this weekend. This is gonna sound so mean, but it, I swear it's not meant to be mean. But I was with my sister. We were in New York. And we were like having so much fun. We went to dinner. We went to catch. Like we were drinking. We were just having a fun girls' night. And my sister was like, I'm not trying to be mean, but she's like, you are just so much more fun than when you were with Bobby. And I was like, really? She's like, no offense, but like I would have rather hung out with like a rock when you were with Bobby. You were so boring. Really? That's what she told me. Yeah. And that's not anything on him. It's no. just on me. Like, I just don't think I was myself. Okay. Yeah. I want to get back to Bobby. Okay. But I want to stop here. Okay. Because I think this is our first pivot point. Okay. In your story. Yeah. I'm going to say something that you're probably going to not love. Okay. And you're going to have to respond. All right. Fine. I'm used to this. I think you've consistently <laughs> adapted to who the man is in your yes. life to make it work. Yeah. It's true. And you've done it now in the public a couple mm-hmm. times and with Bobby then once. Yeah. What have you learned from that, if anything? And you don't have to have learned anything. But yeah. w- if your sister is willing to tell you, Amanda, you were boring and now you're not. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's pretty clear what she's saying. Yeah. Um, okay. So, I mean, in the past, yeah. I mean, I think I've... I've tried really hard to make my relationships work, but I don't actually feel like I've ever really changed who I was. I think it was just more like, like I told you guys, I thought that this was good for me. Like, this is what I need. So I think it was more like in my head. It wasn't really that I changed like as a person or I, I didn't change my beliefs or my opinions or how I feel about things. And like Bobby and I, change? yeah, like Bobby and I had very different beliefs on like a lot of things. Mm-hmm. It was more just like, a, yeah, like a lifestyle change. Like I was just boring. <laughs> <laughs> But that's suppressing like your personality, yeah. Which is something that I yeah mean, that should be shining. You have a exactly. great. You are you're you know let's let's love on Amanda for a second. A terrific oh, mom, thanks, bubbly, uh, super personable mm-hmm. and kind. You're very easy to talk. With. Easy to talk to. Oh, I think thanks. when you take those things away, you become yeah. a shell of yourself, which yeah. ultimately becomes you uh, probably a less likable or at least a less authentic version of yourself. Yeah. Which is unfair mm-hmm. to any relationship, and if that's who you've been. How do we yeah, stop that? Exactly. I mean, and that's my thing now. Like, you know, you learn something from every relationship that you're in. And this time around, I think it just kind of taught me, like, I might have thought something was good for me. I thought I needed something that maybe I didn't. But, like, I never really – I think I just need someone, obviously, like anyone does, that you can fully be yourself around and that just likes you for you and doesn't judge you if you are different than them in certain ways. Um and yeah, I mean, I do think in my last relationship, I definitely conformed. But it was also one of those things, like, I really cared about him. And, like, he was just different. And I, it wasn't in, a, in, a, in any way that was, like, harmful or, like, toxic. It was just, like, he was just different than me and probably different than the person that I'm going to end up with. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So with Josh, you went back and forth a little bit mm-hmm. where you were like, are we broken up or are we not broken up? Yeah. With Bobby, was it just a clean break? Pretty much left. He took all of his stuff. And after a few days of um, not talking, I was like, either you need to break up with me or you need to come back right now. But oh. I'm done having this period of like us not talking. I don't even know what you're doing. He wouldn't even answer my phone calls. It was like strictly like a couple text messages here and there. And so he was like, fine, I want to break up. So I was like, okay, but I'm just letting you know, if we break up, I'm not breaking up and getting back together because I feel like in the past, that's what's made my breakup so much harder is like mm-hmm. continuing in that gray area. Like I just don't do well with that. Yeah. Um, and so he's like, okay, I want to break up. Well, then a couple of days later was like, 
well, you kind of gave me an ultimatum. I didn't really want to break up, but I also don't want to jump back into it. So I think we should like take things slow and I like always feel like it's so dumb. Start when people... dating like, yeah. you know, no, you can't backtrack. Exactly. <laughs> and I was like, we just moved into this house together and he, I, I, I lived in Irvine before and I actually really liked it. Like he's a, he plays beach volleyball. So he's like, I have to be by the beach. Like he had like two cities he wanted to live in. It was either like Newport or Laguna. Like he was, you know, like a little picky when it came to like the house hunting process. So it's like, I got this house. I wouldn't have moved into that house if it weren't for him. Yeah. So it was kind of frustrating, but I was like, I just got this house literally like for us, like kind of for you. So how am I supposed to backtrack and be like, okay, like let's go from taking this huge step in our relationship to like dating, just dating again. I was like, no, you know? So yeah, that's it. I don't think you can. You can't. can't. I'm trying to process that. I've heard this. Is that a thing? Yeah. I was like, that doesn't even make sense. Like, and I also, I don't, I don't do breaks in relationships. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I I think some people could probably do it in a healthy way, but I don't know. I just don't, like I said, I don't do well with that like gray area. It's either like, I don't know. I've heard of this method multiple times now and it is so wacky to me. It's like, no, I, you can't say I love you. Be dating seriously to like a And we just took a huge and, step. Yeah. So I'm like, how do we... I, and what, do I just keep this house for me? You're not going to live here? What, you're going to get your own apartment? Like, it was just odd. I was like, no. I guess it matters what your definition of dating though is. Because I do think there is something sweet. And I'm just like processing this as you say this in my head about... Uh, a couple that or, or, or a couple that gets a divorce, mm-hmm. they split and they go. We want to start dating again. That's totally different. I right? think like dating again, and so my mind is like, you just have to get that restart to say we need to intentionally start dating again, like having fun yeah, again, enjoying to like regain like a spark or something. Yeah, yeah. Romance, to bring romance. But back. you can't. Yeah, you can't be in, in a dating relationship, break up, no. and now say. Yeah, but like, let's just pull back, right? Let's yeah. not look for exclusivity. Let's pull back our emotions and feelings, and let's just like, yeah, start hanging out. Yeah. Like, exactly, and impossible. I think it makes sense because he's, we're just like very different. Like you know, we have like, we're just very different people. Mm-hmm. So I think that's something that he would be able to do. Tell, tell, tell us more. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you. The public, I mean, uh, it's not naive, and you've read it. Like, yeah. she's had all these failed relationships. Mm-hmm. This is how we know Amanda. This yeah. is who she is. Of course, this is going to happen. Is stuff that you have to hear all the time. Mm-hmm. What is your response then? I mean, I think over the past four years, I think with being on the show and just having this last relationship, being a mom, having some of the opportunities that I've had, I think I've grown a lot, and I think I've, like, I really like believe in myself and who I am and I know myself pretty well now so it doesn't really bother me but I think there's just times where it's like I know how hard I tried in a relationship or how good I was or all the you know things that I did to make a relationship work and other people don't see that so I think sometimes that's frustrating but I think that's something that you just have to deal with when you know you're in the position that we're in where people are never going to know every detail and people are going to judge you and you kind of just have to accept it for what I, it is. I talked you about, can't sit there and defend and say every detail of your life and, you know, mm-hmm. it's just I, not worth it. I talked about that with Caitlin. We were talking about how when you break up with somebody in the public eye or even, even not breakups, just like little actions that you make mm-hmm. and you 
kind of part of you wants to go and tell the entire story totally. to everyone. Oh, yeah. But then the other part of you knows like how petty that would look and how you want to be above it. Yes. And you're like, yeah. where do I find this fine line of getting my story out there mm. in its entirety, but also not looking like this person that is just so obsessed with appearances and what other yes. people think of me. It's that, that's where I've like, it's just not worth it, you know? At the, at the end it's of the not, day, Caitlin and I said, at the end of the day, it's not worth it. It isn't worth it. So that's uh, why we choose not to and to continue mm-hmm. to have that lingering frustration inside us. It's it worth is frustrating. It. The, it's there very is a really good time to share that, and that's on the in depth Almost Famous podcast. Yeah. I was going to say, is this making you feel um, better? Yeah. <laughs> because you're not, you, did, you did not ask, we asked you to do this. Yeah. And it gives you, hopefully, time to talk it out. I mean, like... This is like therapy. It's really nice. Thank you. We just want to get to know you. Yeah. Because because your story ultimately, like, really matters to the people listening. And it really matters to us. Mm -hmm. Because I think what Ashley and I have seen is that this world gets confusing and gets hard and situations like this exist. Mm -hmm. And it looks ugly. And it may look like a soap opera at times. Yeah. But ultimately, we all need a place to be us and we need Mm -hmm. a place to share our stories because stories do matter and so like we said at the beginning once you get to know somebody more it's hard to hate them yeah but yeah like I was saying how like I said I I was super blindsided at the time and he broke up with me but then afterwards I kind of you know realized that there were things like Mm -hmm. leading up to that and then I think also like sometimes in your relationship you have your blinders on and after you start seeing things and there was like a couple things that happened during our breakup and like how it was handled that I think made me realize a lot of things like um, one of those things was like obviously like I said he broke up with me and I was already going through a lot at the time which I'm sure we'll talk about later but like I had the whole like hacker situation at my doctor's office and I was just going through a lot and instead of asking me how I want to handle it or letting me confirm to everybody that we broke up he just kind of went ahead and handled it himself and then also like set his Instagram to private when people were speculating to like gain more followers. That's because I guess like I don't understand this concept. Yeah, it, it's uh, yeah. How do you gain more followers by going to private? <laughs> because if you're public, people can like lurk on your page and they can go speculate and not follow you. But if you go private, then they have to actually follow you. So it's like a tactic. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I guess it just bothered me. Like you're using our breakup as a tactic to like gain followers. I don't know. It just kind of like just kind of rubbed me the wrong way and it was just something I was like yeah yeah and I was just like it just kind of not like made me insecure in any way but I was like I I guess that's something you need to look out for is like like he's never had a serious girlfriend before and he's 33 yeah like he's never like you know had a very serious committed relationship and I always kind of wondered like well like why with me like of course like there's the option like you just really love me but like how at that age like do you not have you not had like other serious relationships and I think just like moving forward you just have to be kind of careful like oh what's someone's intentions like do they want Instagram fame or like we said with Robbie like do you just want to be a bachelor couple like there's always ulterior motives with people sometimes and I'm not saying that that's that's what Bobby had Mm -hmm. like I I don't know that but it's just like that made me feel that way a little bit you know I was thinking about this and it's an interesting uh, I think correlation I was trying to figure out how to date in the real world everybody was always asked are you always nervous about what people's intentions are is Mm -hmm. what I always got right and I was was like I don't think so because I think you could read through them and then I was uh, I was thinking about this a couple months ago you know I'm the only bachelor as long as I can remember that's dating somebody outside the franchise what about Nick I mean he's not dating anybody right okay so he's not in a committed relationship with anybody 
So yeah, bachelors of recent like, memory. Who yeah. Yeah. And so it is a yeah. kind of a new frontier, right? I mean, every other bachelor has somebody within the franchise or is not dating at all. Mm-hmm. And so, Amanda, I get what you're saying, and, and like yeah. it is a frontier that we don't know how to navigate. Now, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm with Jessica, and I know her intentions are very pure. Yeah, and it was very clear from the beginning what her intentions were because I worked, I reached out to her. Yeah, and she had no, you know, no idea that was coming. Mm-hmm. But it is interesting. How do you think you do handle filtering through people's intentions? I mean, I just think that. You just, you can, I feel like most people have like a gut feeling and you can kind of tell, like you said, like you can tell if someone really likes you for you, if they have ulterior motives with everything. But I think sometimes it's hard to tell. I think sometimes it can be a mix of both. You know, I think sometimes somebody can like you for you, but also be a little intrigued by whatever else it is. Um, but yeah, it's hard because some people are really good at hiding things. So a lot yeah. of Bachelor Nation who's like really invested in relationships after the show will say that they see a lot of Robbie and Bobby. Yeah. How do you how'd you think about that? I mean, uh, I I actually hated that when we were dating. I don't know. I, I didn't like that. But I, I guess I see what they're saying in some, like a certain way. Like they do have like a similar look, although like I don't think they look too similar, but I see they have like the same kind of coloring and eyes and I can see why people think that yeah very different people though so how do you explain to your daughters when you're going through a breakup whether it be with Bobby or Josh or Ben or Ben yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um so it was a lot different when I broke up with Josh than this time around when I broke up with Bobby because it was it was like about two and a half years difference but I feel like that makes a pretty big difference when yeah, they're, they're older and they understand yeah so like now they understand and I don't know I have a pretty good and honest relationship with them and I don't really have a problem kind of telling them how it is and they knew Bobby was my boyfriend just moved in together and I kind of just told them like oh well like me and Bobby broke up and I was just pretty honest with them about it because I don't know I don't I know there's like a lot of people out there that think that and a lot of times it's the people that don't have kids that feel this way but they're like they just think that you need to raise your kids to just think everything's like happy mm-hmm. all the time and put on this like front to your kids. Like this world is like perfect. And I don't know. I just don't really agree with that. I'm pretty honest with them. Like they know when I'm going through something like life has its ups and downs, like people are together, they can break up. Like obviously there are things that I don't show them and there's things that I'm super adamant about. Like I'll never argue with somebody in front of them, you know, stuff like that. But for the most part I can be pretty honest about what's going on with them. I so think that's, that's kind of how I handle it. I feel like that is the, I'm not a parent, so I, I feel even, yeah, I, have, I feel weird even like, yeah, yeah, saying it has to be because you don't get a naive or, uh, an abstract view of life where it's, everything's perfect yeah, and it's false because then once you get into the real world and you go to college or whatever, everything like people start, you, you experience heartbreak for the first time or people yeah. start arguing in front of you for the first time or, and, then all of a sudden there's, I think, I forget what the, uh, realization is, but there's a moment in every person's life where you realize your ki- your parents aren't perfect. Yeah. And it's like a, it's one of those like major life changing moments. Mm-hmm. If that could happen at an early age, I would imagine that it's a healthier foundation to build upon. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not or aware. like, I think if you, you know, raise your kids thinking like everything's perfect all the time and then they grow up to start having their own problems and they're like, wait, like this isn't normal. This isn't supposed to be this way. Things are supposed to be perfect. And I think it just like, and I, I always am like, like 
so for this breakup, for example, they don't see me like broken or like not being motivated. Like I'm still, that's not even how you feel right now. Exactly. Like I'm fine. So I think it's good for them to see that like, Hey, like this didn't work out. Like we're two different people, but like, I'm still okay. And I'm Mm -hmm. still happy. And like life goes on and I don't know. I, I don't, that's just personally how I choose to handle situations. But when you talk about parenting in general, I feel like it's so tricky because everybody parents in a different way and everybody has such different beliefs. And if people don't agree with the way you parent, they'll like shame you or say that your kids are going to be messed up someday because of how you're raising them. It's just like such a crazy thing. So that's why I don't really talk too much about how I handle situations with my kids or talk about it because that's what I believe in, but not everybody believes in handling things that way. And Mm -hmm. a lot of judgment comes from that sometimes. So are the girls sad after these breakups? Are they like, are we ever going to see them again? I think you made a comment on Instagram that like the girls were going to see Bobby, but like, does that change with time? No, no. So I, I just think it's better. I mean, I was dating him for a year. He didn't even meet the kids for a few months into our relationship. So I just didn't see the need for him to still be coming around. I felt like that would just confuse them even more. Um, so I just didn't think it was necessary. But um, the, so Charlie, Charlie was pretty close with him. She's like younger. She really gets along with everyone. She really liked him. But Kinsley, like I said, she was different with Bobby than she was with Josh. Like with Josh, she was like, like loved him was fine. Like I could like kiss Josh in front of her. She didn't care with Bobby. She was very like, I couldn't even hold his hand. Like she was very clingy. I don't know. She was very different. This relationship. Very interesting. I wonder if it's with age and with I don't know whether it's the guy's vibe. Yeah. I have no idea. And so, I mean, every kid's different. Every relationship's different, but I don't know. Kins was kind of just like, okay, like that's fine. Like they've asked about him a couple of times, mostly when there's bugs in the house because they're like, who is going to kill this bug? <laughs> <laughs> who does? You know, yeah. I don't not not me. I mean, Charlie usually kills him now. <laughs> so, so yeah. Cute. All right. My last question about your girls in relationships is, <laughs> you you um get so much flack and it drives me bananas. Yeah. When you're away on a trip because people are like, "Who's taking care of your kids? Like, do you ever spend time with your kids? Or even yeah. every time you go to Paradise or do The Bachelor." It's like three weeks, three, four weeks, people, Mm -hmm. you know, right? Yes. And yes, that it's a very long amount of time. But the girls are always with a family member. It'd be their dad or their grandma. Yes. Okay. So I don't have a nanny. I actually don't even have a babysitter at all. Like a consistent babysitter. No, not even a once in a while babysitter. I literally do not have one at all. So the only people that watch my kids are either me, their dad, or my mom. And... My parents just moved back. My parents were living in St. Louis for a while, so I didn't have them back then. So it's kind of a newer thing for me, and it's nice to have their help. So every Tuesday, my mom will pick the girls up from school and take them to dance, and then I'll pick them up later from dance. So it gives me Tuesday to like get work done and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but besides that, I mean, Kins goes to school. I drive them to school, pick them up every day. Um, if I go on a trip, it's usually during their dad's weekend. Actually, 99% of the time, it's during their dad's weekend. Um, because I don't know, it's kind of, it's a lot for my parents to watch both kids, especially overnight. So it's not something that I do often. Um, so anytime, like when I was at stagecoach there with their dad that weekend, um, I was just in New York with my sister. It was their dad's weekend. So people will judge me for it, but I'm like, whether I was home or whether I'm in New York with my sister, I'm not going to be with my kids either way. So it is what it is. And it's not like, obviously I wish I could be with my kids all the time. But it's just, it's our 
life and that's just always how it's been ever since the girls were born I've split custody with their dad so it's just how how it is how how's your relationship with their dad it's had its ups and downs uh like throughout the years so when we first split up obviously it was not very good and um but like over the years we've had our ups and downs but it's good right now it's good it's been good for a while I feel like we are also very different people I think so I never post anything about their dad but Mm -hmm. the other day I've been getting a lot of crap lately because I've been traveling and people are like where are your kids I'm like you guys they have a dad Mm -hmm. it's funny someone actually commented they're like the dad like passed away I'm like no he's I'm like I'm like he's very much alive he's here um so I posted something the other day of like me dropping Charlie off at his house and all these people were like oh like that's their dad, blah, blah, because I don't think I've ever posted anything of him. But um, we would never, like, get back together or anything like that. But we have a fine relationship. We're not close, but we're Like we said, fine. breakups aren't easy. At least it's cordial. Yeah, yeah no, we're cordial. I mean, we, we even, like, talk sometimes about, like, random things. Like, he can tell me about a girl he's dating, or I yeah. can tell him about... It's like it's not weird. Girlfriend, we don't get... Advice. There's not that, like, ex, like, jealousy thing between us. Like, the only time we're ever on, like, bad terms is, like sometimes things will come up with the kids but I feel like that happens even when you're married like you have arguments over like the kids you know so it's nothing we have a we have a pretty good relationship how old were you when you got married was 21 22 22 you're 21 when you had kids I was 21 when I got pregnant but I just turned 22 when I had her so I was really young yeah and my my last question is you mentioned earlier that when before Char came along that it was just you and Kins and you Mm -hmm. were like and you kind of had her full-time then did you did you have her full-time then it was so it was once Charlie was born that it was split custody yeah so I had them full-time until Charlie was like six months old yeah and then we started splitting it up yeah you know it's it is interesting and I think again it's nice to be able to talk about it because the public does watch your social media yeah. and they say you're gone all the time and yeah. the, where are the kids? Yeah. And it's nice to be able to say, I hope like, mm-hmm. well, they're no matter what, I'm not going to be with them. Like if exactly. I'm back in my, I'm either going to sit alone at home or I'm going yeah. to go, go out and live a life and do yeah. my thing. And, and I enjoy traveling. I enjoy mm-hmm. doing things. So it's like, it's nice for me to have that time that like, I'm not going to have with them anyways. You know what I mean? Who takes care of them primarily when you are doing Paradise? Is it a split between your mom and then the dad? So when I was in Paradise, my mom watched him fully. Okay. And I mean, unless it was like next time yeah. to have him, then yeah. he would take him. But it was like the same schedule that we have when I'm home. Mm-hmm. But my mom was taking care of him. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, Amanda, we have uh, a little bit more to talk about. Okay. Um, a lot less to talk about with your relationships. Okay, cool. Um, but I do have one more with your relationships. Yeah. <laughs> but, but we do want to want to close uh, okay. this session out um, with a cheers to you. Oh, thanks. Uh, cheers, Amanda. Thanks cheers. for coming in. Um, we have two more seconds me. left. Cool. Uh, we're going to dive into who Amanda is, who is she becoming, and what has she learned. But first, got to fill up our wine glasses, so we're going to take a break. Again. What keeps baby skin healthy? a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. That's why Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection to help keep your baby's skin dry and healthy. 
we have been a Pampers family since the start with Dawson. It takes you a few months of experimentation to figure out what really works. And for us, Pampers really works. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. All that so important. Try Swaddlers with the new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Ashley, is it true that some contestants have cashed in their 401k to afford a new wardrobe for The Bachelor? I mean, you do need a lot of ball gowns when you think about it. Where did you hear that rumor, Ben? Oh, Smart Money Happy Hour. It's a podcast where two money experts, Rachel Cruz and George Camel, talk totally unfiltered about life, pop culture, and how to afford it all. With 90s nostalgia and reality TV fandom mixed in, of course. So like how to budget for a hot date in Malta like Joey went on? <laughs> yeah. Or how to baby step your way to being a millionaire before you're 35. Oh, okay, I'm looking at this episode on how much people spend on dating apps. So one guy is spending $499 a month. He should really apply for the bachelorette. <laughs> <laughs> or this one episode, which is what our Amazon purchase history says about us. Why don't you just go and tap that subscribe button, Ashley? Um, say less. This is really, really interesting. So to check it out, you can search Smart Money Happy Hour and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Smart Money Happy Hour and hit that subscribe button, which I just did. Your wallet and your next road trip will thank you. MTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You wake up with a scratchy throat, congestion, runny nose, and cough. You know your body. You know you're getting sick. Your choices are tough it out, get sick, take some time out from work, hope the doctor can see you this month, or wait two hours at urgent care. Then you can sit in a room full of sick people, or you can open your medical emergency kit, match your symptoms to the doctor's recommendation prescription. It comes with doctor-prescribed meds to treat over 39 medical issues. It has strong antibiotics for infections of all types. Plus, a doctor's easy guide, so you'll know exactly what to take and when. No waiting to see the doctor. No waiting at the pharmacy. It's all in here. Every home should have at least one medical emergency kit. Order yours online in minutes. Your kit will be rushed to your door, and you get 15% off at twc.health/slash famous. You can use the promo code FAMOUS. That's promo code FAMOUS at twc.health slash FAMOUS. 
I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step, and you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So let's get serious for a minute. Okay. Um, I know that you have zero desire to name names and, and it's not important here, mm-hmm. but you have mentioned publicly that you've been in abusive relationships. Um, anytime we talk about these topics on the podcast, mm-hmm. we have a lot of listeners, um, yeah. predominantly female listeners, mm-hmm. uh, or I, I said female once on the podcast. I got, and I, I didn't realize female is no longer a word to use. It's, it's right. the women. I, I get, I don't know oh. women. It has to be women now, which is great. I'll, I'll say women. I'm getting yeah. better at it. I'm working on it. Uh, we have a lot of women listeners. And um, they always respond in a a very vulnerable way when stuff like this is talked about. Mm -hmm. Since you have publicly stated this before, I want to ask you a few questions following this. One is, why do you think you're attracted to those types of guys? I think, to be honest, I think, I, I hate to say it like this, I do think like it's just kind of my personality. I also think those kind of guys are attracted to me. And I think it's because... I'm very nice. I'm very forgiving. Um, I kind of see the good in people. So I kind of think I'm an easy, easier target for somebody like that, like to be manipulated by. But the crazy thing is about like when you're with someone that you would consider abusive is a lot of times they don't think they're abusive. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's the hard part is it makes you feel like, well, was I really in an abusive relationship or am I just being dramatic by saying that? Because I think they don't believe that they're being abusive and I think there's so many different forms of emotional physical abuse that like if you feel like you're in an abusive relationship you probably are you don't really need you know proof for that so yeah I want to know I want to understand a little bit here okay when we oftentimes as we said on multiple occasions we we see the negative in relationships when it's over and Mm -hmm. you look back on it is that the same thing when it comes to abusive relationships or as somebody that is uh, the victim, are you knowing at the time and it's just hard to get out or are you looking back and saying, I was a victim of abuse? I think you can see it when you're in it, like, you know, but then I think that, I mean, it's different for everybody, but I think when you're in an abusive relationship and you see those things when you're in it, a lot of times they have a way of making you feel like you're crazy or that it's you or that it's not that way or you're being dramatic. So I feel like you do see those things, but it really takes until after to look back and be like, and really see things more clearly. That makes sense. What are some of the lessons then for anybody out there? Because I'm I'm telling you, Amanda, we get some emails that are, are heart wrenching. Well, I feel like it's so common. Like whether it's. Why? Why is it so common? Because I just, like I said before, I think there's really no way to like define an abusive relationship. Like there's so many different ways that a relationship can be abusive, like especially emotionally Um, 
if somebody is like manipulative or controlling or there's just so many different ways that it can like really affect somebody's mental health and that's considered abusive. But like I said before, I think a lot of people that are abusive don't actually think that they are, even though they are. So I think that's why there's so many people that are in relationships like that. Um, but what the question was, how do you like, what would be my advice to somebody? Um, I would just say like, trust your gut and don't doubt yourself. Like if you feel like that's the case to trust yourself and just get out of it. Um, so I think that's the hardest part about getting out of a relationship like that is a lot of times you're being manipulated and you start doubting yourself or you think you're the crazy one or you're the problem. Mm -hmm. And that's why you stay in it longer than you should because you start to believe that you're the problem. So I think you just got to trust your gut. It's, it's, I mean, I always found it, I was shocked and, you know, I've heard your stories and I've seen Mm -hmm. your relationships and I've been a fan of you and I've dated you and got to know you a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then the headlines came out in Vegas Yeah, and all of these things started swirling around and Mm -hmm. it, and it felt like in my eyes, at least as somebody that probably knows you and I feel like I'm a little bit tainted because I know you a little bit more than maybe the public. Yeah. It felt like a a paradigm shift where you now became the person that people were like, whoa, she's claimed this. Uh-huh. But now it's switched. Yeah. How, it was, two questions there, because yeah. I want you to just okay. kind of have the freedom to explain it. I don't want to... Yeah. Di- one is, how did you handle that? How did that make you feel? And what what did what do you do now? Yeah. So, obviously, that whole situation was, like, just a complete nightmare. Um, there, you know, there's, like, a truth to the situation that I can't really explain or I can't really talk about um but for the most part I mean I think anyone that knows me knows that that is not who I am that's not also the kind of relationship that Bobby and I had I mean we broke up now and our relationship wasn't perfect but that was never something that was an issue um and yeah I mean everybody was just like everyone that knows me was like that doesn't really make any sense and even you know it didn't and um I think it's easy to look at a situation like that and see it in the media and assume things or jump to conclusions or think, I think a big thing is people see somebody or think they know someone and they see something like that and they're like, oh, this is who you really are. Mm -hmm. And that's not the case. And I think everyone that knows me knows that that's not the case at all. Um, I really have nothing to hide. I've always been pretty open and honest with everything going on with me. Um, So I guess it was just frustrating having a situation like that that was very misconstrued, be so public and then having people like jump to these conclusions about me that weren't necessarily true. So we were talking about how there are certain stories out there that the full story isn't out there and you need to choose between whether or not you want to reveal it or just let it go away. Yes. Are these one of those things? A hundred percent. It's so hard because I had moments where I'm like, should I just put it out there? But you, there's just times where you can't win. Because either you can put your story out there and people are going to be like, you're making an excuse Mm. or you're lying or I think something else really happened or you're like throwing somebody else under the bus and it just wasn't worth it. So my approach to it was just to kind of like let it be and move on from it. And it was really hard. That was probably the hardest thing not to talk about just because it was like affecting my life so much. Um, But yeah, it's exactly one of those situations. Like when you break up with someone, you're like, I want everyone to know the truth. It was like the same thing. I'm like, I wish everyone could just know. But there's just certain things. And I think I'm pretty open and honest about a lot of things with like 
my followers. Like I said, I have nothing to hide. Yeah. But that was just one of those things where I just kind of had to like do what was best. And I think, you know, what was best was just kind of leaving it. I don't, I don't know how to communicate this really well. So just yeah. deal with me. And if you don't get it, okay. then we'll just ask me a couple questions. But it feels like in life, mm-hmm. you can do a lot of really great things. Yes. And we're all going to make a lot of really bad mistakes. Mm-hmm. That's just life. We're going to fail and we're going to succeed and we're going to fail and we're going to succeed and we're going to keep mm-hmm. failing. And hopefully we succeed or do things good more than we do bad. Yeah. But it feels like, I, don't, I mean, I didn't live 200 years ago, so I can't compare, but it feels like right now people are waiting to jump in celebration on people who fail or fall. Yeah. And I think that's a dangerous perspective for one reason. And then I have a question that follows mm-hmm. this up. And this is my my point because we're all going to fail and we're all going to fall. And if that is just life, then how often are we going to be celebrating other people's dark times, the times that they're in the valley? And instead, mm-hmm. and you know, as as a believer and and in Jesus, you know, and instead of lifting people up when they're down and meeting people when they're at where they're at, it feels like we're trying to push everybody to a a balanced level, which is ultimately where we're at our weakest. Mm -hmm. I want to know then for you, if that's what it felt like, how do you handle being in that season of life where it feels like the masses are jumping on top of you in celebration or just support of something that's hard yeah I mean I think this just it's one of those situations that I think when you follow someone on social media or you watch them on reality tv you're just seeing a certain part of their life or I mean everybody's life on Instagram looks perfect and I think that's why people are so quick to jump on somebody when they fail because it's like oh like I caught them at a moment where like it wasn't perfect or I think that's kind of what it like, you know, everyone's life looks amazing on Instagram. Everyone's showing their highlight reel. And so I think that's why people are just so quick to, like you said, celebrate when somebody is down. Um, and that's definitely what it felt like. And it was frustrating. It was hard. It was honestly probably one of the hardest things that I've dealt with ever. Um, but like I said, I mean, I like know who I am. Everyone close to me knows who I am. Um, and I got through it and, I learned a lot from that whole experience. Um, but I think learning how to handle that situation was like one of the hardest things that I've ever dealt with because you just can't win, you know, Mm -hmm. and you, at the end of the day, you have to just worry about yourself and take care of yourself. And we all care what other people think, you know, we try not to, but we do, especially when you're being attacked and on social media or in news articles or whatever it is. Um, but I think I really just tried to focus on myself and, you know, how I was feeling and the people close to me were feeling. Cause it was also hard for my family. Um, and I tried not to focus on everyone else so much. And I think that really helped. How long did it take you to feel like life was normal again? And how much stronger do you think you are for going through that media appearance crisis? Yeah. I mean, like I said, it, there's a lot of things that I can't say, but it's not like that's a kind of a situation that like I'll ever go through again. Like it was one time, thing it was crazy um I would say life was very different for let's see when is September I would say probably till like around the new year I mean things were pretty different for like a few months it was hard um 
But after that, yeah, like, I mean, I think it definitely made me stronger. It made me kind of like, I don't know, it's so weird. But every time I go through something hard, it just like makes you in a way like more confident because you've realized like, oh, I can get through this. Like there's situations where you think would like crush you and you're like, oh, I'm still fine. So it kind of gave me like this confidence and I learned a lot about myself. And um, yeah, I mean, I feel I feel good about it now, but obviously was not an ideal situation. So, yeah. You've had, speaking of ideal situations, mm-hmm. you've had a couple things come up. Um, and one is this, the hacker situation that yeah. you've made very public. And <laughs> yeah. um, for those who have no clue mm-hmm. what this is, can you take a second before we ask a couple que- follow-up questions on it? What exactly is going on here? So back last, fe- yeah, this, the, like the last year, someone actually told me, I never believed in like Mercury is in retrograde <laughs> until this past year. I was like, wow, this is a real thing. Um, so I was pretty open about it, but I got like a breast augmentation back in February, 2018 and, um, went in for my surgery, all of that. It's been a while since then. And randomly one night it was beginning or middle of March, I think. And I was sleeping and I don't know why it was like your weird feeling in New York. Like I just had this feeling of anxiety, like woke up in the middle of the night and I was like sweating and I was like, I just had anxiety for some reason. So I couldn't fall back asleep. So I just grabbed my phone. I opened up my email and I have emails from this person and the name was the name of my doctor, but it wasn't his email address. And it was basically an email saying that this guy had like hacked into my doctor's database. He stole these photos of me and he was trying to get money. He's like, if I don't get this money, I'm going to send them. And then I send your photos and he attached all the photos to the email of me from the doctor's so office. So it wasn't just a threat. Yeah. Right. Because I know that there's like a scam going right yeah. now where people will say, Oh, I have these photos, but they don't actually right. have them. Yeah. So, and I thought at first I was like, this is a scam, but then he actually had all the photos attached down there. And so I thought it was like, just like a bad dream or like a nightmare. And, um, the next day I ended up calling my doctor, all these people, they had a bunch of people, the police, FBI, all Were kinds there of people, other helping. people that they got pictures. So I guess he hacked into my doctor's database. So he got photos of a lot of his patients, but I think he just saw me on his website and saw that I had somewhat of a following. So he decided to target me because he thought it would be more effective. Website. Yeah. The oh, doctors. Okay. Um, so yeah, basically he was like, you have three days to either like get me the money or I'm going to start sending your photos out. So, and then there was also no proof, like say we give this guy the money, like mm-hmm. how do we know he's even going to delete the photos? So he'll probably just keep asking for more. So it was just pointless and started sending the photos to everybody that I followed, um, sent him to people that I like have worked with, sent him to like my friend's boyfriends. Well, he, he was did sending, start to actually send oh, yeah, these photos out. Yeah, he sent him out to like a ton of people. So at first he's like, I'm going to start the first day by sending him to five people. Then the next day I'm going to send him to 10. Next day I'm going to send him to 20. So after two weeks, all these people started getting it. And the more people he was sending him to, the more people I had texting me every day. Like, hey, I just got this weird yeah. message from someone. I just want to let you know. Or people were calling me. So eventually it just got so exhausting telling the story that I was like, I'm just going to address it publicly. That way this guy hopefully sees that like he doesn't have this power over me and stops and actually kind of, it actually worked. So yeah, you did a great job. Yeah. I was glad I addressed it, but it was hard. And the pictures haven't ever leaked. No, because luckily everyone that he sent them to are people that I follow. And I mean, everyone's been respectful. Respectful. But once you called out the bully, he didn't make his move. Right. I he mean, never like posted them online, but I don't even I mean. know like where he would post them. 
you know what I mean? They're medical photos. Like it wasn't like, yeah, they're not, (laughs) trust me, they're very far from sexy. (laughs) I'm like, this isn't, it's not like I did anything wrong. So that's why I was like over all the threats every single day. Cause I was like, I did nothing wrong here. What's the, like if it's embarrassing for me or it sucks or it's violating, but I was like, I didn't do anything wrong. So Mm. yeah, you got some flack for doing that Insta story in which you revealed the hacker with a dog filter on. Yeah. Why do you think you got so much hate for that? I was like shocked. I was like, you guys, um, honestly, I was crying. I was not expecting to cry that much. And it's funny cause I actually started filming it without it, mm-hmm. but I, like, I was, want to cover my face right now because I, I, I want to cover my that face. Exposed. I'm saying something very exposing. It made me feel, made me feel better. And yeah, I just think, it made me look cuter when I was ugly crying. So that's why I went with the dog filter for, uh, you've been through this and, and man, I, this is a scary situation Yeah. and I hope, I mean, really scary, but for anybody that happens to go through this, uh, what would be your advice? What have you learned on the right steps to take if somebody were to do this to somebody listening? Um, I mean, I was so stressed for like a solid month over it. And I think the one thing, that I learned from it is you can't stress every single day and have anxiety about stuff that you can't control. And unfortunately there are bad people out there and, um, it's not an ideal situation, but I just think you need to not let somebody ever have that power over you. I think being blackmailed every single day Mm -hmm. was the hard part. So I'm really glad that I did what I did. And I kind of took the power over it saying like, this is what's going on. Um, I think that really helped. So I guess that would be my advice is just not to let someone have that power over you, no matter what the situation is, never let someone hold something over your head because that's stressful and it's out of your control. So I think that really helped. So the whole like month that I was dealing with the hacker situation, I was really just freaked out because I had like the FBI at my house, the police, like I live with the kids. I didn't know what other information this person had. Like he had my address, my phone number, you know, that's I was so like, scary that he had your address. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. And it was, it was before we moved. So I was like, I don't think he has my new one, but Phew. it still just freaked me out. Cause yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I'm like, did this person hack into my phone? Like, can you read my text? Like, I didn't know what, what this person could do, you know? Um, so I was just really paranoid and one night, uh, my sister was sleeping over and she was using my cell phone charger and I was sleeping upstairs and my phone was dying. And I, because of the situation going on with all the hacker and everything, I was like, I don't really want to sleep with my phone dead in case of an emergency. So yeah. like, I'm just going to run down to my car really quick and charge my phone. So I go down to my car and it wouldn't charge my phone unless I turn my car on. So I opened my garage and I had this guy that was like sitting in a Prius outside my house. And I don't know why it freaked me out. I'm like, why is this guy? He was literally parked in my driveway. So I'm like, why is this person parked in my driveway? So I'm like staring at him. I like turn my car on and he's just like staring at me. It was super ready. He's just parked there. So then I pretended like I was going to back out. The guy gets out of his car. So I'm like just being, I was just super paranoid. It just is kind of funny. So this guy gets out of his car. He goes to grab something from the trunk and like, Oh my God, is this guy grabbing like a gun? Like Mm -hmm. what's happening? Is he going to break in our house? He grabs a banana out of his trunk (laughs) and he starts eating a banana in his front seat. So I'm like, why is this guy eating a banana in front of my garage? So then he starts to pull away. And so I don't know what was wrong with me. I was just going through a lot guys i decided to i decided to like chase this guy around my neighborhood (laughs) at 11 30 at night and so i was following him because he was like just parked in front of my house he wouldn't leave long story short I was freaked out. He pulls back in front of my house again because i did a circle he didn't see Uh me so i was following him he's back in front of my house so i park the car 
run inside. I go wake up Bobby. I'm like, there is somebody stalking our house. As I'm telling him, someone knocks on our door, our front door. And I was so freaked out. I called 911. And the police came and everything. And anyways, nothing happened. I feel really bad. I didn't know my neighbors like down the street were having a party. And he was like, I'm pretty sure that was just like a Lyft driver who was like waiting for someone. So like he got hungry and like ate a banana. (laughs) But like it's so embarrassing. But I was just like so freaked That's out. A, I wasn't freak anybody out. Okay. Granted, I was I like, you have every right. Bobby was scared too. It wasn't just me. Like, I sound like a crazy person, but everybody, someone knocked on our door. And then when we went down there, there was nobody there. How did Bobby deal with the whole hacker situation? Like emotionally with you? Emotionally, honestly, not very supportive. And I think that was really hard for me too, because I was really, he, he was just very black and white about it. Like he was like, you need to file a lawsuit against your doctor. And I get it, but also like doesn't fix it. I don't need yeah. the money that bad. My doctor's so sweet, and he was really stressed about the situation too. Like he felt terrible. Um, we just had different views about it, and at the end of the day, like I didn't care about a lawsuit. Like I just wanted like a little sympathy, I guess, and like emotional support, and um, it just wasn't really there. So. I'm glad the situation seems to have subsided. It has. It's not a fun one to live over you. Yeah. We're going to take a break here. And when we come back, I'm going to have my favorite time of the in-depth podcast with Amanda, where Amanda and I sit down and talk about the cool things she's doing, what's coming up in her life. And then Ashley is going to have her favorite time on the in-depth podcast with Amanda. And she's going to rapid fire some questions. And we're going to get to know Amanda before we head out of here in a really fun way. So stay tuned. Listen up. We'll be back in just a second. What keeps baby skin healthy? A diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. That's why Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection to help keep your baby's skin dry and healthy. We have been a Pampers family since the start with Dawson. It takes you a few months of experimentation to figure out what really works, and for us, Pampers really works. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic, and they're free of parabens and latex. All that so important. Try Swaddlers with the new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin, For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Ashley, is it true that some contestants have cashed in their 401k to afford a new wardrobe for The Bachelor? I mean, you do need a lot of ball gowns when you think about it. Where did you hear that rumor, Ben? Oh, Smart Money Happy Hour. It's a podcast where two money experts, Rachel Cruz and George Camel, talk totally unfiltered about life, pop culture, and how to afford it all. With 90s nostalgia and reality TV fandom mixed in, of course. So, like, how to budget for a hot date in Malta like Joey went on? (laughs) Yeah. Or how to baby step your way to being a millionaire before you're 35. Oh, okay. I'm looking at this episode on how much people spend on dating apps. So, one guy is spending $499 a month. He should really apply for The Bachelorette. (laughs) (laughs) Or this one episode, which is what our Amazon purchase history says about us. Why don't you just go and tap that subscribe button, Ashley? 
um say less this is really really interesting so to check it out you can search smart money happy hour and listen wherever you get your podcasts just search smart money happy hour and hit that subscribe button which i just did your wallet and your next road trip will thank you mtv's official challenge podcast is back for another season and guess what so are we just in case you forgot i'm tori deal i'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion and i'm anisa ferrer and i've been gracing your screens for the last two decades i am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star and speaking of all-stars all-stars four is finally here i'm gonna be honest i literally thought this day was never going to come well the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast and this season takes it to a whole new level old school legends modern power players redemption seekers and ex-lovers are all competing in cape town south africa for the prize of three hundred thousand dollars anyone can win relationships matter and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion listen to mtv's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts you wake up with a scratchy throat congestion runny nose and cough you know your body you know you're getting sick your choices are tough it out get sick take some time out from work Hope the doctor can see you this month or wait two hours at urgent care. Then you can sit in a room full of sick people or you can open your medical emergency kit, match your symptoms to the doctor's recommendation prescription. It comes with doctor prescribed meds to treat over 39 medical issues. It has strong antibiotics for infections of all types, plus a doctor's easy guide. So you'll know exactly what to take and when no waiting to see the doctor, no waiting at the pharmacy it's all in here. Every home should have at least one medical emergency kit. Order yours online in minutes. Your kit will be rushed to your door and you get 15% off at twc.health/famous. You can use the promo code famous. That's promo code famous at twc.health/famous. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So Amanda, you've We've now walked through your timeline over the mm-hmm. last uh, few years. Yeah. Um, and it's a, it's a lot's happened in the last yeah. few years. It's been fun. Right <laughs> now, recently, you're launching a few products mm-hmm. and projects yes. that I think you're super excited about. Mm-hmm. And we'd be remiss without allowing you the space and the time. And we're excited about them to share. Let's start with uh, the book. Okay, cool. Tell us a little bit more. We've mentioned it earlier in the podcast. Yeah. Uh, I uh, contributed to it. 
Yeah. Uh, was happy too. Oh yeah, both of you. Ashley did as well. Wow, look at us. Yeah. Represent. <laughs> um Yeah, tell tell whatever you want our listeners to know about your book. Just yeah. shout it out there. So it's like a little all over the place. I have a lot of people ask me what it's about and it's kind of an autobiography. It's a little bit about me. It's also just kind of like a self-help book of like all the things that I've learned from certain experiences. It's kind of cute. Like in every chapter, there's like the roses and the thorns. So like the pros and the cons of like each situation and, um, great puns. Yes. Um, so I think, I think people will really enjoy it. It's kind of like a fun read. There's like, everyone keeps asking me like, Oh, is it juicy? Is there tea? And I'm like, there is, but that's kind of wasn't the purpose of it. And I probably should say that there is, cause I feel like people will be more read intrigued it. to read yeah. it, but, and there is for sure. But I just think I, anything that I said, it was like only if it was useful, like, Oh, I learned from this. Like there's really not anything in there that's just like irrelevant just to like bash Nothing's somebody. Pure spite. Yeah. So, but I mean, it is, it's good. It's, it's, it was fun to write and I've been writing it for like the last two and a half years and it's finally coming out. What ages really long would benefit process. from it? What was that? What ages? Of people would benefit from Oh, reading. gosh. I think anyone from, like, high school to, you know, any age, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, like, pretty universal. I At first, I was like, you know, I really want to write something for single moms. But it's definitely not just for moms. It's for anyone. So, yeah. It's really good. I'm excited for you when guys to read out? it. When does it come out? It comes out uh, September. Beginning and, of September. And it's called again? It's called Now Accepting Roses. And it's really cute. There's like a little chapter. So Ben and Ashley keep saying that they're in it. And there's like a little chapter that I had stories, like funny first date stories from other people that were on the on the show. And it's a pretty funny chapter. So that's why I like it. I think it's like a really easy read. Like you can hang out at the beach and read it. Like it's fun. Um, so yeah, I think people really like it. Yeah. So it's not just a tell-all, but you have like cutesy stories in there yes. too. It's like fun. Yeah. yeah. It'll make you laugh. Are you doing a whole book tour? Yeah, a few places. Not okay. like a full one, but going to a few places. So look for right Amanda before. Stanton. Yes. Author Amanda Stanton showing up in your yeah. local <laughs> neighborhood, signing yeah. books, talking mm-hmm. life, and talking roses and thorns. And on top of the book, and talk, uh, mm-hmm. on top of being a mom, you've started a new clothing line. Yeah. Uh, I'm fairly unfamiliar with this. Uh, yeah, I, I don't familiar. shop there. <laughs> I'm pretty familiar because everything is so cute. It's you truly really designed pieces that you wear from like Revolve and stuff, but you made them your own yeah. and they're, they're so signature to you. Yeah. Thank and you. I love them and they're so cute and you're doing so well with them. Like every piece still sells out right away. Yeah. So it's actually my favorite project that I've ever worked on before. It's like something I've always wanted to do. So it's been really fun. Um, and I love the kids are like a huge part of it, which is so nice because they're super picky with their clothes. So every time we're like designing a new collection, they'll help me and they'll tell me what they like, what colors they like. Kins is my little fit model. She's my model on my website. Um, so they kind of feel like it's their thing too. So it's been really fun. And um, we love like dressing up and fashion and it's been my favorite project so far. So what's the motivation behind it? Like um, wh- why? I So like ever since the girls were little, I just love dressing them up. And obviously I love dressing myself up. Um, so it just kind of came from that. Like I just wanted to design a line of things that like, I loved and that made me feel confident and wanted other people to get to wear them. It's also pretty affordable, I think, mm-hmm. compared to like a lot of other brands. So I wanted to kind of create something that was cute and made people feel good and was also affordable, especially for like the mommy and me stuff. So I made some stuff in kid sizes too. So 
Yeah. Yeah. I like the way that you guys can be matchy. Yeah. Because I feel like sometimes like matchy clothes with your kids, like the kids version's cute, but like the mom version's like kind of dorky. So I just wanted mm. to make something that was like that. cute and matchy and yeah. I like that. I yeah. get that. How'd yeah. you come up with the name of the label? Uh, there's really like no reason behind it. it it's what Hawaiian. Is the it's Lonnie the label. So it's Spelled Hawaiian. L. L-A-N-I the label. So it's Hawaiian for heaven. Hawaii is your favorite place, but it, there's really no meaning, like super meaningful. But it was approved by the it. girls first, I'm assuming. Yeah. And yeah. I just thought it flowed nicely. So mm-hmm. Lonnie the label. Yeah. Lonnie the label. Check yes. it out. Where can they, where can all the listeners find it? Um, so you can find it on just LonnieTheLabel.com mm-hmm. and then our Instagram is LonnieTheLabel. Amanda, this is my time with you. Okay. okay this is where well. we get to dig in for a little bit. Um, Ashley, pretty much, she, she chimes in every once in a while, but she pretty much takes a back seat. This is definitely his cup of tea okay. and the next thing is definitely mine. Yeah. Okay. Um, we've learned a lot about you. I know you're tired. Our listeners, yeah. I'm assuming have listened to this for the last four days straight. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point they've been, uh, they've been listening in the car, driving to work, pausing, <laughs> getting in car from work, starting again. So excited it's to listen to what's next. It I'm is. Sorry, I talk a lot. <laughs> no, we're so pumped. And this is how these have been. And this is why we love these. I mean, honestly, I mean, I don't know what you think of these in depths, but yeah. you know, our almost famous podcast has done really well over the last two years yeah. and it continues to grow. And it's, it's, it's an awesome, we love it. It's a breakdown of the podcast. It's super light. It yeah. adds no stress to our lives. Mm-hmm. But again, as we mentioned, like these in depths really allow us to get to know our friends better. The other contestants better it allows us to sit down and just hang out and talk, yeah. uh, in a way that's not threatening or we're not trying to get anything out of anybody. Yeah. Uh, and, and our listen, I mean, these, these podcasts have been getting a ton of listens because I think it's enjoyable. So you talking a lot, I think is fun for everybody and we appreciate it. Cool. Um, this is where I'm going to ask you to talk a ton though. Okay, cool. So Amanda, we've, we've got to hear your whole story. Yeah. And we started this podcast off. I mean, if you think about the, when we just started talking, I don't know, a couple hours ago, we were talking about these random relationships and the breakups and, and our time together on the show. Mm-hmm. But there was an Amanda way before this show. Yeah. Um, that existed, that had been through heartbreak and obviously came on the show in, in, in a place uh, of pain. Mm-hmm. For a second, I, I just want to now kind of sum this all up. Like, who were you coming into the show? I mean, I think I'm still the same person as I was back then. I think back then I just, um, I was young. I think I kind of like had this idea of like what my life should be or what I should be doing. And I think I've kind of learned to balance everything and focus a little more on myself and I think I've had a lot of experiences over the last couple of years that have really helped me find myself so I think now I'm just a little more confident and um just kind of have a better idea of how to balance everything you mentioned a couple of times and, and that you're a kind person you're super forgiving but yeah. like what is it about you that you're scared of, like where your weaknesses lie and where were these things coming into the show? And then also now that sit there that, that you're fearful of, because I, I think as people, one of the things we can all relate on is we have failures and we have fears. And, yeah. and even if you are a super kind person, there's something in there that still exists. So like, what are my weaknesses? Um, gosh, I, I mean, I have a few, um, I mean, this sounds like super, cliche but I I do think I like tend to see the good in people instead of the bad and I kind of think that's where my relationships have gone wrong is they focus too much on the good until it's over and then I kind of 
take my blinders off. But I think just in general, like I'm a perfectionist. So I think I'm too hard on myself a lot of the time. Um, yeah. But yeah. Is that, is that a good enough? Is that a good answer? It's good enough if you think okay. it's good enough. I don't know. I mean, I have, I have quite a few more, but I think that's good. The, yeah. the thing of this, this whole process yeah. is life is, is th- this whole thing has helped us become something. And, mm-hmm. and I think I want to ask you is who are you becoming? Like who is Amanda Stanton and who are you becoming in the future? And now what are your dreams for yourself? Um, I think I just kind of, I'm just me. And I think I've learned to kind of accept that. What does that. that mean? I, I mean, I just have learned to kind of do what makes me happy and do life the way that I want to do it and kind of stop thinking I need to be doing things a certain way or be listening to other people or what they think. I think I've kind of learned to just kind of do my own thing and be confident in that. And so if anything, that's kind of what I hope to like inspire other people to do, especially like when they're moms, I think there's so many stereotypes and things that people think that you need to be doing. And I just think that everyone should just really do what makes them happy because life's short. And I think it's important to be happy and just believe in yourself and know that you're a good person and not really care what everyone else thinks. And I think one thing that I've learned throughout all of this is like, of course, like everybody knows I get a lot of haters and judgment, but I never really change what I'm doing. I kind of continue to do the same thing. Um, so yeah, I think I just, I'm just happy and I want everyone to be happy. Has there been a moment in this whole thing that, I mean, and it feels weird. I don't want to say this whole thing because it feels weird to it's sum up the last six years yeah. as your life. I yeah. mean, you've had a life way before. Is, has there been a moment in life where you felt like you were getting off that track of that, whatever you wanted to become and whoever you were becoming, that it felt like you've derailed and there's no place to turn? Uh, I don't really think I've ever felt like there's no place to turn, but I've definitely had ups and downs. I mean, we just talked about one, like the whole Vegas situation was like a huge thing for me. Um, obviously when I've gone through breakups, that was a big thing for me. Just things like life doesn't always go as planned or how you expect it. And I think there's been multiple times throughout the past five years where I've totally thought my life was going in one direction and then it doesn't. Um, but I've never really felt like super unmotivated, like, Oh, like life's over. But there's definitely been times where I've had to like change things around a little. So what is that motivation then? I mean, how do you continue to move forward? Um, I mean, I obviously like, it sounds cliche, but I have my kids. So like, I always have to like be happy and be the best version of myself for them. But I think also, um, I've just kind of learned to be a little bit more adaptable. Like I'm happy if I find somebody and I get married in two years and have another baby. And I'm also fine if I'm single for the rest of my life. Like at the end of the day, like I think I'm just good no matter what. And I've just kind of accepted that. So Let's just uh, close here with a couple. I want to have a couple questions about your kids. Okay. Who are, who are they becoming? Like, what are your dreams for them? Um, so, I mean, I'm biased, but I just think they're like the best, cutest, smartest little humans in the entire world. Um, and I tell them all the time, like, you guys can do whatever you want. Um, you guys can be anything that you want to be. Kins is like such an entertainer. I can see her doing something like in the entertainment industry. But at the end of the day, I mean... She can do whatever she wants. Um, and Charlie's just so sweet. I mean, both of them are so different, but they both are just so special in their own ways. Um, so I'm really proud of them. Uh, Charlie's starting kindergarten this year. So it's, it, I always say the best part about being a mom is like seeing your kids grow up to be like 
their own people and kind of develop their own personalities and interests and all of that stuff. So, um, yeah, they're really cute. That's awesome. Yeah. Amanda. I'm proud of them. Great job. Thank you for coming on the podcast today. I'm going to pass this over to Ash to close out, uh, in a really fun note. Um, no pressure. Amanda, (laughs) you, uh, you definitely, we, we love to sum up these podcasts, uh, with those questions and a little bit of notes, but I, you really are becoming uh, somebody that I think is is confident. We see that, and also I, from per, from our perspective, uh, and we get to see a little bit more than most. Is you are a great yeah. mom, and uh, y- uh, there's some things in life that I would say that we need to listen to the people that are critiquing us. But those are typically the people yeah. that are in the arena with us, or our family members and mm-hmm. friends, yeah. and people from the outside don't know. But uh, you, as a mom, is something that I think is uh, not only uh, adorable because I think your friendship with them is incredible and I have a good mm-hmm. friendship with my parents, but just the way that you, you parent as well. So, um, yeah, thanks for being with us today. Thanks. Ashley, take it away. All right. So here's your speed round. We'll try okay. to keep it as like, you know, Fast. as phrases. Got it. But the first one I have isn't a phrase. Okay. How frustrating is it when people say you don't have a job or go get a job? Yeah, it's, it's really frustrating. I mean, it, it can't yeah. get more annoying, right? No, yeah, because you can't explain it every single time. You can't explain yeah. what you do, probably, because yeah. there's just like a whole bunch of different things. Yes. And they would never understand how time-consuming it is. No, yeah. Ugh. It's frustrating. It's annoying. It's just really a sound. It's like, That's like Actually, that feels like more of like a personal question to Amanda for yourself. <laughs> no, I, I, feel, <laughs> I feel like she can relate, though. Oh, like, I can. absolutely know that she can relate. <laughs> yeah. I could feel the anger building up on this side of the table. But do you not feel the same frustration? Oh, 100%. Yeah. But, oh, 100% what do you, I do. What do you even do? What do yeah. you even do? Yeah. Like annoying. you don't have a job. Yeah. Even I'll, I'll hear people that even know us and they'll be like, well, you know, they don't have a job. You, oh you know, referring to one of our friends in the circle and it's like, uh, no, 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 no. Yeah. They do. Okay. Moving on. What's your Starbucks order? Okay, so it's long. I get a cold foam cappuccino with almond milk, one pump of vanilla. Ooh, wow. And an, and an added shot of espresso. A complicated yeah. one. Yeah. I'm like that person, I know. Favorite musician? Uh, my gosh. I don't have one. Come on. Who no, do you, you listen to. to the most? No, no. Like, who do you go to most on your iPod? iPod. <laughs> what year am I in? iPhone. Um... On your MP3 oh God, player, I, who okay, do you listen to? Okay, I've been very into Celine Dion lately. <laughs> okay, amazing. Okay. Fantastic yeah. answer. Timeless. Classic. <laughs> yeah. Um, what would be your last meal? Uh, a big bowl of pasta. Okay, like spaghetti. Great. Like, describe it to me. Oh, just like a big bowl of spaghetti. No, I mean, like, what kind of noodle and what sauce? Spaghetti, red sauce. Okay. Maybe a pizza too. Can yeah. I can I have multiple things in this yeah, meal? So fill it up. Okay. Food, yeah. Okay. So I, I Italian chose, food. I was yeah. asked this question. I chose salad. Remember that? What? No. Colton also chose salad when yes. I asked him salad? this question. Yeah. Colton's oh my God, a liar. No. I'm not. I would really <laughs> I'm like pizza, pasta, sushi, Chick Fil A. Okay. Sounds yeah. great. Okay. Who's your celebrity crush? Um. I feel like you have them. I feel like I've heard you talk. Oh, about Bradley before. Cooper. Oh, good one. Yeah. <laughs> Bradley Cooper clean or are we talking like, you know, Star is Born Bradley Cooper? Like Jackson Maine. Hells. Yeah. Yeah. It's the best kind. Yeah. He's so hot. Who's the Bachelor Nation crush that you have that you never dated? Uh, I can't say. Come on. Just who's hot? Okay. I, I think Nick's really cute. Okay. Yeah. Great. Well, you kind of almost, you went on a date. Yeah. <laughs> Something that you can watch over and over again. Whether it's a TV show or a movie. Friends. Okay. 
How often do you have a beauty related appointment? You and I are the same here. <laughs> this is why I can ask you. Like every other day. Yeah, same. <laughs> Between nails, brows, hair, lashes. Um, yeah, like laser hair removal, lashes, oh facials. Oh, that's so Botox. Yeah. <laughs> Like at least, like probably twice a week. Yeah. Okay, twice a week. Okay. I'd say yeah. that I'd be like at the minimum once a week, and I like to like fill them all within a week that I have yes. nothing to do. Like I go get a facial, get my lashes done, get my nails done, all in yes. like one day. Yeah. It's just like a whole day of like yeah. beauty appointments. Yeah. yeah. So you can get like laser it's like so before handy. the weekend, so that you know people don't see you all puffy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Best vacation you've ever been on? My favorite place is Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Like out of all the places I've been to, okay. yeah. Best gift you've ever received. Um, things that Kins and Char make me at school. Oh, is there one picture that you're definitely just going to save for a lifetime? Yeah. So Charlie made me like a little Christmas one and it has her picture on it and like her smile is the cutest thing ever. So that's probably my favorite. My mom still has that Christmas really? ornament that we yeah. made with it's my so face cute. in the middle yeah. and then I decorated <laughs> the outside of the snowflake. It's still on the tree like yeah. 25 years later. She just looks so proud in it. <laughs> favorite bachelor moment that didn't make air? Um, or BIP. Oh, in Bachelor in Paradise, I mean, it's not a favorite moment, but it was like kind of a funny one. I like got attacked by mosquitoes. I don't know if you remember that. My arm like swelled up. Oh my God. Nobody's ever seen an arm like Amanda's arm. Yeah. I was so glad they didn't air it, but yeah. Oh, and I also got seasick on Josh and I's first date. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there was like lots of moments. Neither of those are favorite moments, but like I'm. Memorable. Memorable. We were all so concerned about your arm. Yeah, I was was concerned. You guys, it was blown up up it was yeah. as if she was allergic to a bee and she got, I was allergic yeah I, yeah I was, she was allergic to some sort of I was not okay the first thing you would save in your house if it was on fire my kids oh, okay F- fine possession um and a material object my designer handbags and shoes perfect lead into what's your favorite thing in your closet my designer handbags <laughs> and shoes <laughs> and my last question is would you ever be bachelorette um, I mean, I have no desire to, no. Okay, but yeah. if they came to you with a contract, it'd be hard to say no. Yeah, okay. but I don't really want to. And does that conclude our mini series of a podcast Yay. with Amanda Stan? Amazing. Hey. Eight episodes. Amanda, follow our lead here. Thank you okay. again. Everybody out there listening, make sure you tune in uh, next week for another episode of Almost Famous. I've been Ben. I've been Ashley. I'm Amanda. I've Wait, been Amanda. I've been Amanda. I don't know why we started this, but we've done it for two years. So we've never continues. Stopped. Later, guys. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Ashley, is it true that some contestants have cashed in their 401k to afford a new wardrobe for The Bachelor? I mean, you do need a lot of ball gowns when you think about it, Ben. Where did you hear this? On Smart Money Happy Hour. It's a podcast where two money experts, Rachel Cruz and George Camel, Talk totally unfiltered about life, pop culture, and how to afford it all with 90s nostalgia and reality TV fandom mixed in, of course. Ooh, you do not have to say more to get me into this. To check it out, you can search Smart Money Happy Hour and listen wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is 
finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello! Acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.